live. We're live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast, and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I am the king of sweat that is just <laughs> dripping from me. Living the, <laughs> living the COVID dream as we speak. Yes, we are all social distancing and not in the same rooms, doing this over Zoom, so I can't infect the world. But yes, um, hi, nerds. So we are joined tonight by two fabulous guests, the beautiful, the... Igna- I can't even get the words out, fuck it. The pain in the arse he is... <laughs> Graham, <laughs> let's be honest. I thought you were going to go with Eggtastic there. No. <laughs> you know, I will, the Eggtastic the, the, the Eggman. So get, get that song played from. Get it. Um, and the, the sorcerer herself, the, the D&D maestro, that is Sarah. Oh, maestro. Maestro. Maestro, wow. Yes. And just to say as well, I know he's probably not watching live, but if he's watching like tomorrow, I think I hope you had a nice birthday yesterday, Jake. I know, um, like I say, we were meant to have nerdy plans, but with me having COVID, I had to spoil it. So I am sorry, but I hope you did have a nice day. And I did catch a bit of your stream last night. And for the record, Sir, um, Nat kicked your ass. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <on that. laughs> he seemed to be having fun on the stream at least. He did, yes. Um, but yes, and we seem to have a lot of people in the in the chat. We've got Scottish Geek Guy, howdy, nice to see you. We've got uh, Lee, who's p- said picture in the Discord today. It, honestly, if I had a bit more time and didn't feel the shit, you would be getting naked pictures of Lee on this, this podcast because he has been posting topless pictures on the Discord. And if that isn't an advertisement for the Discord, I don't know what, what else it would be. That uh, slag. Anyway, I'm just going to go and check the Discord. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. And straight we, in there. We've got, nothing straight about it. Yes, we've got the lovely Donna in the chat. We've got Beth. We've got Laura. We've got Chris. And I don't know why Chris keeps sticking around. All I do is abuse him. Maybe he's one of those kinky bitches that just loves getting like shit. Um, Insult me more, Daddy Paul. (laughs) (laughs) How to make me feel less of a man. Well, you're only half a human anyway, so it's fine. Um, So, yes. So, so before we get started, Sammy, have you got a few bits you want to do for us tonight? That's not <laughs> before before I say a certain phrase. Let's get the disclaimer out the way. I'll do the disclaimer first, so it's out the way with before Graham starts talking. Mm-hmm. So, everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group, the Discord page, or the comment section where we can have an open discussion. What we won't have, though, is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Very well said. And just for the record tonight... Oh, the Tories. It... <laughs> <laughs> the is done! I thought I was going to get past that part, but yes. And, for, and just for the, for the eagle-eyed watching tonight as well, um, it's not Sammy who's wearing no pants tonight. I am actually wearing pantsless because I am too fucking hot to wear any clothes. You're lucky I've got a fucking top on. Just saying that out loud. <laughs> but what's even funnier is that his cat is causing chaos in his bedroom, so he's going to have to move around. Yes, yeah, she, she's got the new kitten, and the kitten seems to think Star Wars toys are toys. They're not to be played with. But yes. Um, 
So, so Sammy, do you want to do what you've been watching yet, or how you've yeah. been? You haven't done that for a while. We haven't, we haven't, have we? Because the last mm. one we had quite a few people on. It was, so... a, it was a very booby, booby tastic episode that one. Dude, we did a Nicholas Cage one before that. Yes. After that. <laughs> you can't get past the boobs. It's fine. Yes. I'll <laughs> stay there. If they're that big, they're going to be difficult to get past. Yeah. Them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was totally out of my fucking element in that episode. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. How you been and what you've been watching? What you well, been watching? Come on. Yeah. Well, I've been yeah. watching something well, very interesting. So I started a new show yesterday. This is mm. why you wanted us to ask. Oh, on, 100%. <laughs> everyone needs to watch this show. because, like, Honestly, because it's on Apple TV, so no fuck is going to watch it. Uh, but it just means it won't get cancelled because Apple don't cancel shit. Um, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. I thought it was going to be okay, but the first episode, it just grips you. It's, and it's not a monster TV show. It's all about the characters. And um, the it's all about different times, or like different uh, different parts in time. So mm-hmm. it goes back and it's got Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Russell playing uh, a character. And he's showing how he's involved. And it goes to like the modern day. And it's got Kurt Russell playing that character in the modern day. And it's just it's so well done. And that's not a spoiler, it tells you in the like intro as it's coming. So many interviews with the two of them out at the moment talking about how what it's like father and son playing Mm. the same character. So that's not spoiling now. No, but the the first episode's got cross hatched like clips and uh, videos from previous Godzilla movies. So like King of Monsters Ooh. and uh, like say when uh, Godzilla destroys San, San Francisco, um, like all that's like intermingled into this story. And honestly, it's like people are saying, oh, it's boring because it's not got much monsters in. It is pure mm. character dri- character driven. And I am like, me and Nick watched it yesterday. There's two episodes out. Nick actually got physically angry with me because there wasn't more episodes. She was like, why have you let me watch this now when there's not more to watch? I was like, hang on, Nick. I'll just make some more. It's like, I'll write Apple to ask them to release things. I've I've tried, but they won't give me the screeners yet. But hopefully if they watch this. But yeah, honestly, one of the best things I've watched in a while. Like, it's it's completely gripping. Awesome. That's great. Hmm? Have you watched anything? Uh, I've been watching like loads of Star Trek because obviously we do trekking up. No, I was going to say um, never. We watch, like we have, like the, the episode of the week, and then I just find myself watching all the episodes around it. <laughs> you know, like sort of watching the episode, and I'd be like, "We'll watch one more," and then mm. it's three a.m. in the morning, and I'm like, "I should probably go to bed." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, bizarrely, what I've been watching lately is uh, loads of stuff on YouTube. I'm watching loads of sort of um, playthroughs and analysis videos of like sort of 90s dos games and stuff which is like crazy retro but like all you forget how many video games have been released over the years and you just kind of go whoa and some of them are these crazy hidden gems and some of them where you're like this is absolute garbage and it's hilarious (laughs) hearing about it but yeah it's like loads of them like these sort of one hour videos talking about these things there's a great youtuber called grimbeard who does who does them but in the silliest way possible. In like and watches him. He is so good. He is they're like so, really they're about like I an hour long video. I don't know if he's they or not, but it's um mm-hmm. they they are just absolutely 
really, really, really good grasp of comedy, but then also giving this wonderful overview of all these like classic games. It's good. Yes, Ant watches him. I'm I'm sure he's put one on for us before where I've literally like, okay, I need to watch more of this guy. He is so <laughs> funny. But it, like I'm learning stuff at the same time. Well, yeah, who knew? It. Who knew comedy could do that? <laughs> it's just really dumb. And now, now you're seeing loads of channels coming up. Like there's another one called Dungeon Chill where they, he just outright says, yes, I'm trying to copy Grimbeard because I love his videos so much. And it's so weird that that it's now spawning other channels and Hmm. like copycat kind of things. He's also got music out bizarrely, which is basically on Spotify and stuff, which is really good, actually. Like, it's like, oh, this is crazy. (laughs) But no. Anyway, yeah, there we go. I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite good. I'm called, sorry. I was going to say, I'm quite good. I'm called Paul. That's because having a name called Grimbeard, that's like quite impressive. Well, that's <laughs> I wonder what his real name is. If his parents were like, you shall be Grimbeard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Instead, we'll call you Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, they, we will call this one Stephen. We will call this one Grimbeard. You know? <laughs> I love this like offering of this child. I don't know why we're doing this. You can tell we're not parents. That's not well, how you hold them. Uh, yesterday I went to um, yeah that I literally just like whenever anyone tries to hand me a baby, I'm just like I will drop it. Sarah, take notes. It's moving. Love it. it was quite funny. I went to go and see the Sisters of Mercy playing live in Newcastle yesterday, yes, which is amazing. Full on good uh, goth weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and afterwards, we were feeling so sort of, we were feeling so grim and sort of goth that a mate took a picture of me outside the big Christmas tree they have at Central Station. And it's literally just me being like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, that needs to be my Christmas cards for the year, <laughs> right there. I want one. But Sarah, but Sarah, like say, now we're talking about babies. Like say, with you yeah, having twins, right? how much do we have to pay you to name one of your child's Grimbeard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many how many stickers can we give you to get get the name? Yeah. <laughs> maybe she vile like mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering my height, the that's, I think Grimbeard is a good name for a dwarf. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So considering my height, it might be an option. Right. Wow. Have you watched anything interesting, Sarah? Um, I watched a couple more episodes of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about halfway through... into the to the masses. Then. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about halfway through season two now. Um, uh, aside from that, I've watched one or two more serial killer documentaries, true crime stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a few that, coming on Netflix at the minute, isn't there? There was a couple of new ones, yeah, so I kind of watched them. Um, mm. and... um, I've lost off with them. I really have. It's the same format, the same yeah. city down interviewee style. Oh, let's make it all drama. Yeah. I think after a point, you just, you've memorised it all. You're just like, yeah, yeah, I know everything about drama. Yeah, John Wayne Gacy. Oh, I don't watch it, those you know. ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't watch the, the big name ones. Um, 
the mini ones. Too much. They're too oversaturated. Them ones. Mm. But it's also the fact that it's also the fact of like you know the oversaturated ones. You just like they're not actually as bad as some of the lesser known ones. Where you had mm. lesser known people, where like you killed twenty eight people. Yeah. What the mm. fuck? Like you know, like, <laughs> why do we not know who you are? You know. Well, it's the ones that you don't know. It's always to be worried about like how many people Donna's actually killed. That's the thing you've got to think about because she's oh a fucking God, I murderer. Keep, I keep yeah, Patrick Swayze. Yep, and, and Prince Charles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's oh, going to happen. Philip. It was Prince Philip. No, it was Prince oh, Philip. 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 Well, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's predicted Charles is going to go in the next year or so, I think. Wow, Donna. If it happens, mind. <laughs> to be fair, so did anyone <laughs> who watched the talk. coronation. I mean, mm. sausage fingers? Mm. Oh, don't, because I cannot not, not see that now. Jake <laughs> is in the chat. Hi, Jake. Hi, Happy Jake. birthday for yesterday. <laughs> yes. Um, well, speaking of sausage fingers, I've actually been watching the crown all right <laughs> that was such a good segue <laughs> <laughs> so are they gonna put bits into the latest season of the crown that make me look at the tv and go i'm getting the word <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, having, having a certain uh, character in a pizza express but yeah, that's that would it. be interesting. But what they've How done are they is going to tackle it. They just oh, be like, here's, here's our new king, who's also really good friends with. Oh, mm. oh. <laughs> oh. Um, they've split the series into two parts, which has annoyed the shit out of us to start with. Yeah. What's annoyed us even more is that it's normally a ten episode series. So you'd think five and five. No, no, mm. no, no. They've gone four. So all I got on Saturday when I settled down to watch The Crown thinking, oh, I'm in for like good five episodes, four episodes. Four, I was fuming. I rang Anth at work. You know what it is? Because <laughs> I, I, think, I think these days, us people, and I'm we quite are good. so greedy. Exactly. Like, see, people don't have patience anymore, no. Nicole. Um, <laughs> wait for a show to come out week by week now. But yeah. Um, but yes, <laughs> it's really true though. Like we had it when me and Goodwill were reviewing Star Trek C- series three of Picard. The staggering of it helped. I think it gave us a week to kind of talk about stuff and like have yeah. a week of speculating and going, yeah. And I was like, oh, I like this better rather than like when Stranger Things came out and everyone by like I didn't get to watch it because I was at work, but like literally. 2 p.m. Everyone's like, "Oh, I just finished yeah. it," and I'm yeah. like, "It just came we've out." D- like- we've done it. We did it on a stranger. We literally were like three episodes in, and we we're like, "Do we call it a day?" And then this mm-hmm. ending happened. Like, no, got to keep going. Got to keep <laughs> going. We did yeah. it in nine hours. We fucking did it. But yeah, we it, it, we are we're so greedy right now. Yes. I remember I did it with the a- Umbrella Academy. <laughs> yeah, I had a full-on rant when everyone was kicking off over a Game of Thrones finale, and I'm like, "Well, it's a cliffhanger." Like. Like, it's a cliffhanger, and everyone was like, "No!" And now I'm starting to feel like I'm doing that now, especially when we because I finished um, Gen V, mm-hmm. which no spoilers because I really want people to watch it. Um, leaves you with a bit of a huh at the end, but that yeah. huh is like, oh my god, you can have a conversation around it. But no, I'm being really impatient and going, "What the fuck <laughs> happened there?" And um, what I have also been watching is a lot of Critical Role. Oh. I am part way through. I am part way through campaign two. Um, I started. I've started the other week, but I've. It is something you've got to really like invest in. You've got to really yeah. pay attention. So when you've got three doggies who are biding for your attention too, kind of can't get proper into it. But I am really enjoying it. Um, Becca, I don't know if you actually listen 
from the Discord. Actually, listen to the podcast. Thank you so much for all of your help when it comes to D and D. It's been a massive help. <laughs> Bless you. Be- Beck is lovely. She is very, very sweet. She is absolutely. She is the sweetest. She is the. She's just a big, great mama bear. I love her to pieces. Where there? You said you said mummy. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> she is back in the country. Um, but oh, yes, don't I've tell been. That's funny. <laughs> I've been thoroughly enjoying Critical Role. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're here for today. No, we are talking about. I would say it's it's a it's a it's a difficult one because I still think this is one of the more most iconic movies that probably came out in the nineties. But mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because of the time I watched it, the time um I experienced it, because I know people who watch it now and they don't get as much. Because I know Lee watched it uh, is in the chat. Um, I know we're going to talk in a bit bit more detail, but it's just always because the crow to me is a special movie. And it always yeah, surprises when same. people don't get how special and like the nuances in this movie. But he like, it's, he didn't say he didn't like it, but he kind of just said it's a goth sweat dream. Um, it has oh, it massively how, is. That's it is. how I described it this afternoon. Yeah. It is, but I think it's got so much more to it than just being a goth sweat dream. Mm. But oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, I like. There's so many films that did come out of its time, like in the nineties, like you talk about Jurassic Park, Scream. But I think The Crow now, like if you watch it back, it stands up as one of the most iconic movies that came out at that time mm-hmm. for what mm-hmm. it did. Um and I'll oh, I'll stand absolutely. by that. Mm. Oh, yeah. I a hundred percent agree. This movie is this the craft, I can name a few others, is like where yeah. my goth my goth dreams started <laughs> to come reality because I was seeing visualization of you know, this kind of image I was trying to portray myself. And I was like, oh my God, it's like right in front of me. Um, <laughs> the Crow has been an absolute special, special. it's special in my heart for a very long time. I generally can't tell you the first time I watched yeah. it, mm-hmm. but I can remember the first time I read the book because mm-hmm. I read it mm. in the library. <laughs> I, I still watch The Crow every Devil's Night. Devil's yes, Night. I watched it this year. I did it. I did it. Hey. <laughs> Fire it. Did you did you also fire yell it. fire it up? Fire yes. it up. Yeah. <laughs> she said that's why Horton was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Look, thank fuck that's after the disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's all good after the disclaimer. Group. Yeah, that's yeah, why we, we say it straight. We can away. say anything. <laughs> exactly. I've I've covered it. <laughs> yes. Um I watched well, I read the graphic novel the graphic novel after I watched the movie, but I didn't watch it when it yeah. first came out. I didn't even watch it on the VHS release. I think I watched it when it was released on Sky Movies. Because you know when Sky Movies used to do the Saturday night yeah. premieres, um yeah. and The Crow was one of them. And um my parents were a little bit liberal at the time, so they didn't they weren't very bothered about watching like at the it. time. <laughs> well, like I say that uh, well my dad doesn't like swearing. He doesn't watch the podcast because he thinks I swear too much. But he would, he but he would let us watch like eighteen movies. And I, I think that was like, say, what was it, nineteen ninety four? It would have been nineteen ninety six. I'd have been yeah. around sixteen, seventeen, where it came out. So I stopped up um, and watched it on Sky Movies. My dad absolutely hated the movie. Like, couldn't stand the movie. He didn't get mm. the thing. But I just was just. I think the first thing that gripped is I think I sent the message in the chat was the soundtrack. There's yeah. like. And there's not one song that stands out. Like if you think about Lost Boys, the Lost Boys soundtrack like takes you on a journey. But this yeah. one, like, it fits so much to the like the heart and like the feeling and the pain in this movie as well because it, yeah. it's all about pain. 
But I, 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 I would. Sorry, Pete. I was just. I would, I would quite happily say that this is my favorite movie soundtrack of all time. All right. Wow. I mean, it, it's it's just. It's kind of incredible, this film, where it's the fact of how much stuff it has in it, where we look back and we're like, that kind of came together really well. I mean, look yeah. at the soundtrack. You literally have The Cure. Mm-hmm. You have Nine Inch Nails doing a cover of Joy Division, yeah. which is like the most goth thing I've ever heard. Oh, it is. It, it's know. uber goth. <laughs> yeah, you have Rage Against the Machine, fucking Pantera, I think, uh, Obscure on like the Thrill Kill cult and Jesus Henry and Mary Jane stuff. Mm-hmm. Henry yeah. Rollins band's in there. Yeah. yeah. And it's all I did not know that. And it's yep. used so well. I mean, yeah. this idea of basically, and it sort of cements it. And then obviously the cast, mm-hmm. like, it just, you know, the, the fact is when Tony Todd isn't the main <gasps> hitter in your exactly. film, yeah. and you're like, what is this that just gets Tony Todd and goes, whenever I'm actually going to name your character in the movie. But you're, <laughs> you know, you're just, you're just man. Yeah. I mean, what's, it? Like, what's his name? Michael... Michael Wincock. Uh, Michael Wincock. He doesn't get named in the film, but he's in the no. credits. But it is just going like it, he's just... just called. He's just called Top Dollar. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have the cast in front of us. I'm not getting any fucking names wrong tonight. <laughs> yeah, and then, and, but then obviously Brandon Lee, you know, obviously mm-hmm. was a rising star at the time. You know, was more famous because of his like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, heritage. But I was going to say heritage, and then I went ancestry, and I was just like, "Am I being racist about like Chinese?" <laughs> no, you know, no, no. You know when you kind of like, yeah. mm, okay. But um, mm. uh, and Ernie Hudson, like, mm-hmm. and I, I actually agree with Lee in the chat. I think Ernie Hudson kind of steals the show massively. Mm-hmm. He is so good in this, like to the point where I was joking about like how I would make a video game of this film and how I'd do it, and you would literally give Ernie H- Hudson's character their whole scenario mm-hmm. you would literally have them as a playable character because they're so important to the film that yeah. is essentially about brandon lee's character and you're like mm-hmm. only only someone as good as any hudson can do that because <laughs> i don't even think of him as winston i'm no. not looking at him yeah. like i'm not normally when i look at characters like people mm-hmm. who played like characters from like something i thoroughly love mm-hmm. i'm thinking like bill murray for example if i'm watching a bill murray film i'll always go oh my god it's Pete beckman i didn't do that i haven't mm. watched the crow in a long time until i watched it on devil's night yeah and which if you don't know it's the night before halloween um <laughs> but yeah i was watching it and i was like shit i totally one forgot he was in it and two forgot how fucking good he is He's amazing. And I love, I, I, I love that. I love the fact that this <laughs> this film manages to balance seriousness with sort of like poser posery, but like mm. blended in quite well. Yeah. Like it literally has a scene where he's playing electric guitar on top of a building, being as well, yes. edgy as fuck. <laughs> And it works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a forced thing, like you would mm-hmm. get in yeah. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just flows with the actual mm-hmm. film, which is wonderful. And then the comedy that you get in it, like like Ernie literally, uh, sorry, Dr. Uh, Officer Albrecht, uh, mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson's character, <laughs> literally just taking the piss out of his superior officer yeah. for the whole thing. Like literally just yeah. like, oh, well, I don't know anything. Maybe you should do some detective work, you cunt. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, just having this like, you know this mm. sort of attitude and it and it works like mm. usually you get films that are so edgy and so dark that as soon as you put comedy in it shatters the illusion no. yet this film has brandon lee mm. having comedy moments yeah, yeah. and it, mm. it's just wonderful 
No, I agree totally. And like every time I watch the movie as well, I kind of get a like a different insight or a different viewpoint. And it's it's strange saying that because you can watch movies so many times and they can get dull and boring and like yeah. oversaturated. With this one, and like I watched it back uh, yesterday, and it, it could have been a COVID like dream. It could be like say me just be like hyperventilating and something out. But I kind of saw it in a different way. I, because it's it is all about revenge and like what happened to like say Eric Draven like and Shelley, but it's almost like Eddie Hudson's character is the witness to the revenge. He's like that's his role and that's why Eric keeps on keep keeping him in there to keep him thing. Because mm. he he was there when the tragedy happened. He's he's there to witness the coming of like say the force that like was Eric or like the spirit mm. of the crow that was and. I've yeah. never looked at it like that point of view. I just thought it was like, oh, just there, like right place, right time. But it was yeah. almost like Eric, like now he's like prodding, like watching the back even when he's going into like see his apartment and you see him wearing his hat and it's hilarious. Where he's like wearing yeah. like his vest and box shots, but he's still got his police hat on. Um, Amazing. But I think I think it's also the idea of they are both heroes and they are sort of yeah. totally opposite of each other. Mm. You've got one where we have we should probably have a rundown of what the plot of the film is in case people haven't actually seen it before we get into it. But it's the there's idea a big of, fucking crawl. Yeah, a big fucking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a big fucking bird. Hey, birdie. Uh, <laughs> fucking fun boy scene. Though. It's so yeah. good. Oh, but, um, fun, every fun every scene with fun boy. Yeah. Fucking unreal. <laughs> But it, but it's the idea of obviously like uh, uh, Officer Albrecht, where it's the fact that he is someone who has been punished for doing the right thing. Yeah. Where yeah, he yeah. was a detective and he gets knocked down the ranks because he was doing the right thing and because he keeps doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And him kind of helping save the world and helping save this scenario, the, this whole scenario and this city mm-hmm. by keeping doing the right thing, even though he's been knocked down, mm-hmm. to Eric Draven, who basically is killed and brought back to life in order for him to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And they're both kind of, and they, you know, they're both mm-hmm. good guys, but they're coming from total different start points, I think. Two, two different perspectives. Do you want to know an interesting fact I know it's not monsters, <laughs> but I have some facts. Oh, okay. I've, I've facts. got some as well. I've got some as well. Not one fucking crow was used in this movie. They are all ravens. They're all ravens. <laughs> all right. Half the raven, never more. <laughs> Maybe they're, they're ravens, ravens that identify as crows. Though. Yes. Is that not the reference though? When he starts quoting there, uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, I want that's that that, that would again because crows just can't be trained or yeah, something. Possibly, are they bastards? <laughs> Were they asking too much? Like, Actually, I demand all of the seed. I did actually love the. Poor... I've said that before as well. That's kind of worrying. I but... did. I did love the poor reference in this movie as well, and that was not not my comp- a complaint. But I wouldn't have minded a few more poor references all the way through the yeah. film. Mm. I thought that would have just been like nice little like continuation or touching yeah. but um but yeah and just as well because as graham said the plot um basically that the start the idea is there's been this brutal one of the most traumatic things happened to like anyone like say the um the murder and rape of like say of eric and shelly shelly webster. Uh, yeah. webster that that just is harrowing and I know I mean, this. The, 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 the film opens up with this couple that are basically going to get married. Well, it opens up with a crime scene investigation of basically what happened to them, which is that uh, couple that were going to get married on Halloween because they're goth as fuck. 
Uh, basically, do not uh, diss a Halloween win. He's <laughs> goth as fuck, though. No, I I did. no one gets married on Halloween that isn't a massive goth. But uh, oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but basically, they are. Um, they're going to get married on Halloween, but then what she's done is she's put a petition in mm-hmm. uh, with the landlords to basically go, hey, you're trying to kick us out. We don't want that to happen. We want to stay here. And all it because they were going to demolish the building. So yeah. all the yeah. tenants signed a petition to basically stay there. And then the react, it turns out that actually the landlord is a massive drug lord who mm-hmm. rules the entire city and just does a hit on them. So mm-hmm. basically they break in. They uh, stab Eric and then throw him out a window and they obviously rape and kill Shelley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's basically how the movie begins, which is pretty bleak. And I know this is going to sound really strange and weird, like a weird way of saying it as well. It was one of the more tasteful rape scenes that has been done in movies because like I say, that could have went so wrong and brutally mm-hmm. undone, but it was done in a way where you felt the brutality but not overdoing it at the same time. If you think of like yeah, the hills, it's implied. The, yeah, if yeah. you think about like the hill, the hills of eyes scene, where like say it goes too far and it makes you feel that uncomfortable that you don't want to watch the film anymore. This one just makes you angry and you think right, you mm, understand yeah. where Eric's coming from and right, like I can't wait to see how he's going to fuck up these people the way he does. And I, I, I think the filmmakers deserve a lot more credit for that as well, is because they could have either done too much or not enough so you didn't get they kind of mm. got the right balance there yeah they oh, don't absolutely. shy away from it they, no. they have it no. where they, no. they use that they they mention that it is a rape that's mm. what happens it show it shows it like as much as you need to see like mm. you know as in going oh, okay cool and i think that's good because i think a lot of the times we kind of get films where they're scared to touch upon it at all but mm. you're just going getting the gravity of how horrendous Mm-hmm. what happened was in order to c- cause the events of the film you know mm-hmm. seeing it through her eyes yeah that's the angry part is yeah. seeing it through her eyes because she doesn't move a fucking muscle mm-hmm. and i know it, that could just be through choice of the cameraman let's just stay still and have the you know the actors face and forward do it but for me she is completely and utterly frozen mm-hmm. so to see it through, and i'm looking it through her eyes i am fucking terrified um and very angry but i gotta say the cast in mm-hmm. this movie mm-hmm. is like chef's kiss mm-hmm. yeah. The, yeah there is not one bum note mm-hmm. even sarah doesn't get on me tit ends no she she, 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 she used the, to when i, I was think, a kid mind if i had to pick someone i'd say she's the worst but she is a child actor and <laughs> b i think she's probably the least rounded out character where you're just like the entire thing, people being brought back to life by crows, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is more believable than this kid on a skateboard in, like, <laughs> Gotham City. <laughs> it is very Gotham, isn't it? Like, isn't it? Yeah. I have total Batman vibes from this movie. <laughs> or Turtles. I had a lot of Turtles. When I was yeah. watching it back, I was like, oh, this is kind of like that gritty grind me. Mm. Do I want to live here? Maybe I do want to live here? Like... <laughs> Do I? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I, I think the main the main takeaway of the film, the main plot of the film, is that landlords are shitheads. Yeah, which uh, I think is something we can relate to in Britain mm-hmm. at the minute. Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> um, he was the worst. Thought he didn't even he didn't even know what it. He was like it was so blasé to him. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it meant nothing. Yeah. Like that that yeah. death that death that building it meant absolutely nothing. And that weird fucking relationship he has with his 
sister. But that's the well, thing. That's how I, clever I the movie. Like... Yeah, how clever the movie was because you don't even realize that Top Dollar is the main bad guy till halfway through. Because you, because yeah, all the way through, you're thinking T Bird is going to be the the big yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, well, this yeah, is right. thing. Absolutely is, right. You think it's a revenge film because mm. Brandon Lee's character gets brought back to life on the <laughs> anniversary of his death by mm. the power of a crow. Uh, in order to exact revenge. But actually, he's basically doing good work because what he's doing is he's saving the city. Yeah. It's not just about revenge. It's not blind revenge. And it's why he can't go to rest once he completes like his mission of killing the people who he thought was thought were responsible. Yeah. He doesn't get his rest. Mm -hmm. He carries on because it basically goes, no, no, there's more to do. You need mm -hmm. to actually stop the real evil. So in it's the more city. about justice than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah justice. So, so it's basically yeah. turning someone's essentially petty revenge, if we look at it that way, and making it something which is basically like helping the whole city and freeing a whole fucking city because the police yeah. weren't doing it. No, because Ernie was shit. trying to do it <laughs> and he gets demoted, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Poor Ernie Hudson, man. That is such a slap in the face. Um, another interesting fact, I don't mm -hmm. know if Sarah has this one as well, but James Orbar hated the idea of having Brandon Lee as the main star. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, really didn't like it. The only thing that, because the only thing he'd seen him in is his, his um, fighting films that he'd done. And mm. I think he was doing a, like a cop show at the yeah. time, like a very low budget cop show. And he hated it. But when he came on set, full makeup, he'd lost weight, he'd lost nearly 40 pounds to do this movie and buffed mm. himself up. And he came on set, he went, shit, that guy's done his homework. That's yeah. my crow. That's mm. my Eric. And instantly he was, it fell in love with him, said like he, he just wanted to be around him all the time. And so I, I thought that was really interesting that he initially like looked at him and went, no. But, <laughs> it's quite a like say with Brandon as, as well, because we've had, let's be honest, a few crow movies that followed and they've never lived up or there's never really been the, like the same mm. type of impact mm. of having, like say, another person play the crow. Because I think I had this discussion with Lee. It's it's not the crow, it's Eric. That's the thing. Sorry, Eric. Um, Eric. Because it's not I, Eric in the second one. Mm. I love City of Angels. I'm not going to lie. I, City of Angels, it's, <laughs> I really enjoyed I love Vincent Perez. Mm. So I'm like, I'm living for him. Mm -hmm. um, his accent just gives us chills i just fucking love him but mm -hmm. i am i am more interested in eric i think eric is like the driving force of mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. love i've never seen salvation i looked at the front cover of that and went no <laughs> i've 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 seen them all and as much as i really don't want to like shit on them the the the, the weren't as good as the first one mm -hmm. I, it's um, I, I think sorry karen <laughs> no, no, it's, it's um. I mean, we'll probably come on to the like remakes and potential remakes later on. Mm -hmm. But um, I think I would be more interested if they were looking to remake one of the other movies. Yeah. Rather mm -hmm. than this, yeah. the first one I, over and over again. It would be so much better if they were Agreed. like, we're gonna make a new Crow movie, not mm -hmm. a remake. Because the whole principle yeah. of it, the idea of someone who, like, you know, who has been wronged, being brought back to life. Because the cool thing about The Crow is it has a set of rules. Mm -hmm. It is very much like kind of a superhero film or mm -hmm. like Trek or something where it literally goes, hey, here are the conditions that this whole, like, you know, coming back to life thing works. Here's the powers that you can have. Here's all this. It is perfectly set up to be a franchise. So mm -hmm. the idea of remaking... Yeah. The first one, rather than just be like, we're going to make a new one and we're not going to piss anyone off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and it'll still I be brilliant. That. And yeah. but that's not what they're gonna do because they no. remade not, fucking Jacob's not. Ladder. <laughs> and I watched the remake of Jacob's Ladder the other day. And I'm no. gonna I don't know who I write to to get those hours back. I think it might be God, <laughs> but just write uh, to the he's universe, not write to the no, write to the universe and yeah. put in a complaint, um, yeah. couple of letters. But I I love that idea though, Sarah. Like not leave leave Eric alone. He's mm-hmm. done, his story's been yeah. told, and it's done beautifully. Move correct something else yeah. <laughs> or yeah. do I something mean, else i genuinely think it was a shame that the movies after weren't as great because you've got some pretty high-ranking actors in them mm-hmm. i mean you've got like yeah. Kirsten dunstan one you've got david Boreanaz, danny trejo edward furlong tara reed you've got all of them in it yeah um what was um, it? Jason Moore was uh, attached to do one of the like, things, but that, that, that got drinked. And I think uh, one of the, oh, I've forgotten your name, Pennywise, what's he called? Sargard. It's, yeah. yeah, I think um, Bill, work, St- Bill Starr's. Uh, oh, well, abs- apparently I'd it's ended post production. Hmm. Yeah, it's hmm. it's moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Bill Starsgard or is that the dad? Oh, I can't remember now. There's that many Starsgards now. Aaron's yeah. Da- yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bill's the Bill's Pennywise. Bill. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I've seen concept like people obviously fan art and everything, mm-hmm. and he does have the face mm-hmm. to be able mm-hmm. to sculpt into something magnificent. So yeah. I love the idea of it, but I don't want an Eric Draven story again. No. Yeah, it's it, it's just going to be less. I mean, I've got to be perfectly honest. Okay. Like, I think this might be a ten out of ten film. Like, right. and I am, I, totally I am a person mm-hmm. who only ever gives nine out of ten because I'm like, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't perfect. Like but... when I was, I've watched this three times in the like we, me and a mate watched it like just before Halloween, and then I watched it three times in the last week while I've been painting Warhammer. Mm-hmm. And the only criticism I have of this whole film is that the editing is very sloppy in places mm. and it has mm. a lot of bits where they're a bit too choppy or it yeah. doesn't lie or it doesn't linger on something longer mm-hmm. for instance when top dollar dies at the end why is it a second long mm-hmm. that you know like stuff and you're like that's the only criticism i have because mm-hmm. like the that, that's amazing in that. it mm-hmm. is yeah. fantastic like yeah. everything is telegraphed like everything, like you know, where it just goes. Everything that happens, there is a scene earlier on that goes, "Oh yeah, this thing might happen," and oh, remember you've got that thing, and oh look, let's show him he's fine. Because obviously, even little things like going, "Where did he get shoes from?" Well, why has he got shoes? And it literally just goes, "Here's a scene where the crow points out some shoes that he picks up and puts on." <laughs> it's so wonderfully done. All these little things, uh, but you know why that works as well? Because but... sorry, yeah. I was going to say because it, it's also it, the casting as well. Mm. Like you will not be able to do this again. Yeah. Like even no. even crazy things like uh, I didn't write down her name, but um, uh, who plays Micah, the uh, the top dollar's sister? Uh, Byling uh, or something? Byling? Yeah. Is it Byling? Byling, yeah. It's the fact of like um, oh, I've got a crazy fact about her, but um, by, <laughs> uh, but it's the fact of you you couldn't redo her. She's so good. Like mm. even She's stuff so like unique. I like the pretty lights and so yes. yeah, like. But I, I'm gonna before I'm gonna get here before Sammy. But did you know that she was going to be in Revenge of the Sith? I did not know that. So did you no, not? I did not. No. Yeah, it was. Really, I. This is one of the facts that I had to double check before we went on because I had it wrong. Because my best mate told me years ago when we were watching The Crow in like the 2000s uh, that basically she was meant to be uh, Sarge, uh, Sarge Ventress in uh, Star Wars. 
mm-hmm. uh, which which was meant to be instead of Maul. But then did, she did a Playboy shoot and George Lucas was like, no, she's not allowed to be in the film. That's wrong. That is not what I care. That's what I believe. But when I double checked it, she was a, she was meant to be playing a senator in Revenge of the Sith. And she got filmed. They did all the scenes and stuff. But then they got cut out. And George Lu- and she said, oh, it's because I did a Playboy, like a full frontal Playboy shoot. And George Lucas didn't like it. But George Lucas is saying, no, it's simply time. Your scenes... Hmm. You know, we couldn't just have you appear randomly for one bit, so we just got rid of you entirely. I got so uh, excited. I could have put all the Jar Jar out. I'd have rather have that in than Jar Jar, just saying. But yeah. Imagine. You know, like, <laughs> but, but that was the thing. That's what was so exciting. I was just like, oh, we could have had fucking Ventress in like I literally, as you were films, saying that, you know? I nearly launched over my table to go and get my Ventress to cuddle her. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, we get a Ventress. But no. But that's it. Oh, but that's... that's what I believed, that it was going to be Ventress oh, instead yeah. of more. I wish you still but... believed it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that's <laughs> but no that, that's my fun little fact about her but uh, the other thing that i'm gonna be really weird uh one thing that i researched today is that micah's tattoo that we see on her back when she has like a shower scene it's a... it represents it's a it's a sparrow on a tree branch and it's the idea of in mythology the difference between crows and sparrows where they're both meant to be ferrymen of the dead mm. like taking souls to the afterlife but her what? doing it in a very different way right and there's and i think there's a bible verse about I like thought it was god, a lotus. It's like God seeing God seeing through a sparrow's eyes or something. There's some kind of Bible verse about it. And it's just these little nuances about it where she's obsessed with eyes, she's got a sparrow on her back, and she's uh, you know, and she represents this kind of evil kind of collecting souls through like the collecting collection of eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas the crow is like, no, no, I'm the better bird, bitch, uh, which we see at the end. <laughs> oh, but, fuck you. Like, but the amount of little random, like, subtext in this film is absolutely fascinating. But, yeah. but there was there was always there was always one one bit of thing one bit of thing that went round when this movie came out and obviously the talk around Brandon Lee's death and everything like that. And it was like, oh yeah, they had so many actors come in to read to do parts for him. I'm gonna tell you right now they didn't. They never had one. It's all digitally done. Mm-hmm. They had so what they did was they created a bust of his face when he was obviously alive and it was for stuntmen mm-hmm. and the stuntmen were meant to use it and apparently it was so fucking well done and mm-hmm. um, that when the incident happened and they did have stuff to fill in and mm-hmm. um, they had the stuntman put the, the mask on people were so i mean they were fucking devastated mm-hmm. you know they had to continue this on with their main star and what happened and what happened to um Massey, um, so yeah, they were absolutely gutted mm. by it that they. It's got to be a tough sell, though. Like the crew I know asked them to take. I know you're sorry off. that he's dead, but please wear his face for a <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that know? was it. Uh-huh. Okay. So the crew were like, "This, we need, we need this gone." So the director literally yanked it from the stunt guy and mm-hmm. burnt it. Right. Instantly just burned it because they could not have no. that. It looked too realistic. So that's when he decided digital was the only way forward was to, because mm-hmm. the, the movie was done. Mm-hmm. It was all finished. There was just finishing touches that needed to go in. I think one of them is the makeup scene where he's putting his makeup on. Right. I, I thought I, I heard it was think... the guitar scene as well. When he's playing the guitar, that wasn't. That's, yeah, that might not be. Yeah. Mm. But I'm sure the makeup scene, because the makeup scene, the, you know, you're talking about the editing, that is yeah. mm. very sketchily put together. Mm. It's 
weird how it reflects as well off the mirror his it, face it's actually a bit like it's not it's i don't think it's bad in terms of the editing i think it's bad because the acting was bad so knowing that it's not <laughs> him like right. you know like yeah. literally it has it the two scenes where i just think the actor is a bit of shit is when he's climbing the ladder at the beginning and mm. for, uh, pretends to miss a thing mm-hmm. that's not very well done and when he's doing the makeup thing and he not it pushes all the makeup off the table i think yeah. that's kind of shitly done so i kind of like the idea that it was a stunt double doing it mm. who's like yeah. oh i meant to do other stuff am i oh well yeah they had to they had to become creative in how they filled mm. in the gaps because the people these people did not want to see his face yeah not after what no it's a difficult experience as well and i know mm. we'll probably get into a bit more um but i just want to touch back on something that graham said earlier as well um just because he said it would have been like the, his perfect movie there's nothing thing but i think what works so well about this movie as well is how simply it was done there was no twists yeah. there was no bits of trying to be extra clever if you think about the story and the plot it's very much a b c and it doesn't really divulge or go off track mm-hmm. and you can pretty much see where it's going or anything and i think a lot of movies now forget that that's a can be a good thing just tell a yeah. story but yeah. do it well and yeah Totally and it, it 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 sounds simply done, but like a lot of movies now, and I think that's what's happened with the Crow's sequels that come afterwards. They try and be too clever, or they've not had the cast yeah. members to to be able to do it. Because I know we touched on it before as well. The cast is brilliant, especially the four main antagonists, like the oh. the the bad guys. All four of them sinister and horrible in so many different ways. But kind of when you've gotten them all together, it's like all levels of evil in one place and slime disgusting and like evokes so many different emotions when you're watching it and i think the actors deserve so much credit for unless they're all for them are the biggest dirtbags arseholes in the world which i hope they're not <laughs> but it's just done well, perfectly well oh absolutely um michael massey is a massive standout obviously fun boy yeah. he's mm-hmm. huge and unfortunately it was michael who had the gun in his hand when it went off and I did not know this and I I put it a post on me on my Facebook that mm. I know death I know people I know I, I point out quite a lot that people have died I had no idea that Michael Massey had passed away mm-hmm. no idea I saw him in an episode of Criminal Minds and he was fucking flawless that man is mm-hmm. absolutely sinister he is brilliant and then I was like, oh, my God, he died in 2016. Yeah. I did not know that. I had no idea. And he he didn't work for a very... He had a bit part in um, Seven, which I think was in production while he was doing this. Mm-hmm. And then he, he quit acting for a yeah. very yeah. long time. Well, but the, I mean, do we want to talk about the, the death? We might as well. We're in it with the, the four I mean, it's guys. Gonna be, it, it, it's a big part of this movie mm. as much as... Um, I think it the is. movie in itself, even if that didn't happen, the movie could stand up to the test of time. Yeah. I it, it definitely was a big part of what came mm. after. Mm-hmm. It's, I love- it's, it's, it's one of those movies that you will not really be able to get into any discussion about without talking about it, I think. I think yeah, it's not totally just a, it's not just the like there's so many factors that happened. It was like the facts, <clears throat> the lies, the bullshit that came up was then it was the urban myths. Then it was basically yeah. the history with uh, the Lee family. Like, the Lee like, curse. Tra- the Lee curse and the tragedies that's always followed them and stuff like that. It, and I know it sounds weird. It made the film a little bit more infamous in a yeah. bad way. 
but it it doesn't detract from what we got. It just makes it sad and make well, it's a sad movie anyway. So it just sad. brings it like when I first watched it, and I realized when I heard about it, I, I admit I cried. Like I say, it, it's it's heartbreaking to know, but there's that much shit that came out like on the internet, especially when the internet actually happened. It was like. Uh, saying oh the, the they said oh they they kept the the scene that he was shot in the movie that was bullshit. It was it was apparently it was mm-hmm. um I got told very young that it, that the scene you know when he's in the warehouse when he's on the table yeah. he got shot I was told mm-hmm. that's the scene he was killed in it's mm-hmm. not um so there's yeah. that many different things that came it's out. The one with Fun Boy isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's Fun Boy. Uh, it's fun my, boy it was... puts his, he puts his hand over the gun mm-hmm. at Fun Boy and it was the next. Mm-hmm. Shot after that. It's one of the. I, I love that scene between mm-hmm. Fun Boy and um, Sarah's mom and him. I Dala. Dala. She was Dala. as grotty and horrible as she looked. She looked beautiful as well. <laughs> vulnerable. The, the vulnerability in that woman, especially when she's standing in the kitchen yeah. trying just to cook her daughter eggs, and she conveys it with just her eyes. Mm-hmm. That what I've seen her in a fair few things, but she's never kind of been like a leading actress. Mm-hmm. She's always mm-hmm. been like kind of a support. She is fucking phenomenal. And mm-hmm. um, the amount of things that I heard out the back of this, you're absolutely right, Paul. Like the different scenes of where they said he was being shot. Johnny Depp was apparently a stand-in for him. He never fucking was. He never yeah. touched this fucking set. Um, but I just, it's heartbreaking that Michael Massey mm-hmm. had that put onto him. Mm-hmm. It's. It, it, I mean, it's it's very very recently happened on the um, Alec Baldwin film. Yeah. There yeah. is so many people who get their hands on that gun before it is put in that actor's hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and professional. It, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, least, and it should never have happened. Well, at least the thing here is that it wasn't a live round, was it? It was a it was horrendous a sh- accident. Horrendous. Wasn't it but... something to do with one of the bullets jamming and then um, yeah, it, the it, was, it was behind a, it. It was a blank that had been deformed to the point I think that it was actually dangerous. Yeah. I think it was something like mm-hmm. that where they're like, "Oh, it's not meant to actually go out, but because of mm-hmm. a random condition with the gun." That's how I understand it. That's, yeah. That was my understanding. And yeah. and this is the horrible thing though, where it's like we talk about sort of gun control on sets and stuff like that, but the reality about life is that you can have as many people taking as many precautions as possible and horrible stuff can still happen yeah Yeah. and this was the one in the one in a million after like these people probably doing a hundred films a year and nothing going wrong with it yeah when you think about the 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 boardroom scene i call it a boardroom but they're all fucking criminals but i think well actually no that's what it's so batman (laughs) i love it it's that's that scene you know, right there is so fucking Batman. Like the, I'm yeah. expecting the Joker to come out of somewhere. <laughs> exactly, that's it. it. Just, but it's the fact of how many blank rounds were shot in that scene. Mm. Like yeah, literally, how many guns right. were fired no, right. at about the same distance to Brandon Lee or a stunt double then, and yet it's the scene where about two shots actually get fired, mm-hmm. three shots I think, and that's where the blank. Yeah. Yeah. you know manages to kill someone it's horrible it, it is it's really sad that brandon lee had to celebrate a birthday on set mm-hmm. and died on set at breaks my heart every time i think about it they had a huge party for him um and then he died not mm-hmm. long afterwards How i read of um i'm not sure i will find Maybe out if he's I 27 close. club that'll be freaky he is not i, I don't think, he don't was think... Not 
Um, oh my gosh, hang on, I'm on Wikipedia. I'm nearly there. He was 28. <laughs> really? Okay, 20, so we just oh, just 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 even worse, really. He's like, I survived yeah. the 27 club. Oh. Yeah, his well, birthday yeah. was the 1st of February and he died on the 31st of March. Wow. That is so sad. And this whole curse of the Lees, mm-hmm. two. Yeah. There's two. His poor sister's sitting there going, what the but fuck? But it doesn't affect females or that's thing. It's a male curse. Oh, that's yes. that's it. It's a male curse. My apologies. Yeah, so they don't recognize female there. So, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's it. No, no, no. You're not allowed to have any mythology. Sorry. Yes. Um, he became such a he became such a figure though of like my growing up. Yeah. Because of the fact that he, he was he was gone. I don't Any... think anyone in our age group didn't have a crow poster or a Brandon Lee poster on the wall. I was just going to say, I had I... that one, which was just the column of light with him like mm. coming through the door in the middle. It's right there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. Yeah, um, yeah I had that. I've, I've, I've got... I never owned the graphic book. Like I said, I read it in a library. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had some some unusual or un, or an unusual doll that I own of Eric Draven. Mm-hmm. I was explaining to you this before we came on. Um, he's a soft body with a very hard head. So when he sits, he kind of <laughs> just crumbles forward. Um, so he can't be displayed properly. So, I so don't know butcher. where he is. I just, I would love to know where he is. He's so unique. Um, and he's got this like painted leather jacket on and everything. It's so it's, it's very nineties goth. Got me, little, I, got me little Eric behind his left shoulder. My <laughs> other Eric is in the living room somewhere. Mm. I have remember the old bobbleheads. Mm. Yes, that have uh, old one of them. He's kicking I, about somewhere. I have something um, which is a little bit different, which I class as crow memorabilia. It's not a it's not a figure of. A I was going to say you've got the um, bullet. I was going to say, you got the Wait a minute. I have. Sarah, do it. Do you know um, one of the bands that appear in the movie with the female singer and the mm. white corset? Um, you oh, said the name from, earlier. From time, they're called Time. Uh, this is the song called Time Baby, or is the band called Time Baby? No, Graham no, said no, the no, name no. earlier. Uh, oh, it's at um, Jesus and Mary Chain, isn't it? Oh, no. Or no. is it Phil Kill Cole? I have the um the full recording of their of their performance in that club oh. as a um as a you know when you get a promo hmm. yeah. yeah I've got the video promo of of their uh, their performance oh, wow. that's oh. amazing that's really cool very cool amazing i I, um... I think this is the thing though that this is during the 90s this was the thing like Mm. every every rocker every goth was obsessed with this film like i can't i i think my first boyfriend was so obsessed with it he had little crow shrine where he had like the the figurine and he had you know how everyone had the fucking like the little the dragons with a big crystal ball or something mm. in it. You know, the, that... Oh, yeah, like movie. the wings and, like, a whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that thing where they all had little sort of, like, pewter shit. Yes, <laughs> yes. Know, I, I have an ex who had shit like that, too. <laughs> yeah, and he'd watch it He'd watch it all the time. And once we once we came home from a rock night, it was basically like, oh, it's 1am, 1am, 2am. What should we watch? Let's put the crow, the crow on. And it was very much that kind of culture. And it kind of... Mm. It informed everyone. It was their sort of film, and that, that's the thing. Though I would, I kind of be interested to see what people think watching it fresh now, because mm. I'm watching it. Okay, where you know 
I love it as a film. I've seen it a lot of times, but watching it as an actual film, you're like, I think this is brilliant. I think mm. the the way it the the flow of it is brilliant. I think the characters of it are brilliant. Brilliant. So I kind of struggle that someone might watch it now and be like, and go, "Oh, shit. that was shit. Oh, that's yeah. so yeah. Dated. that's so crap." I, because it's set in its own world. There's no mm. mobile phones. There's no sort of. Computers. I love There's that. Not... Yeah, it's literally. Yeah. I just kind of go. This is its own little bubble that doesn't mm. really feel '90s to me, but. Maybe I'm old, you know. It, it was, it was... I know it's, it's going to sound very strange, but I would put this in the same bracket as Blade Runner because it has yeah. its own little type of like feel. Like it's it's timeless because Blade Runner, as I said, as Graham said perfectly, it's its own little world, and you can put that in ten years, thirty years from time. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. meant to be in the future. It's just setting its, it's own like... little. Thing. You can't tell Rocky Horror is 70s. You no. can't tell Blade Runner is 80s only because it informed the entire fucking 80s. You know, it, <laughs> no Blade Runner no. is in the 80s because it's fucking Blade Runner. Mm. But if you kind of said, what about this specifically mm. is 1980, you know, uh, and I think The Crow is the same for the 90s, where you're just going like, we know it's 90s, but mm. I wouldn't look at it and go, well, you know, it's blatantly 1990. Yeah. I think with I... The Crow as well, because it was a very confusing time, especially like at the time when the crow came out. Everyone wanted to have long hair. I was very jealous. I couldn't grow the long hair. And it, like I said, long leather jackets, everyone had them. Sure. But then Columbine well, happened. Yeah. And everyone was like, yeah. oh, oh, we can't yes. have leather jackets anymore. Oh, <laughs> we, we touched upon this on an episode on Monsters about how a movie had come out that kind of like was a defiant point. Mm-hmm. For people like mm-hmm. this was this was kind of like my defining point. This was my transition. It was ninety four. Cabana mm-hmm. just died, um, mm-hmm. and this movie had come out, and I was like kind of transitioning into you know where I am right now, the person I am right now, and <laughs> mega goth, mega goth. I was going into that, but this kind of like this was the movie that moved that forward. This and the craft, and then Columbine happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it was like. Oh shit, maybe I should just pull back a little bit because I don't want to be associated with people like that. Mm. Because of the stuff that was coming out of it. Mm -hmm. But that that was the thing with Columbine, (laughs) it was blaming because America, being America, they didn't want to go, oh yeah, Gun laws. It's that fault. Let's not blame the obvious. It's it's the goths. It's the goths and Marilyn Manson. But we found out Marilyn Manson was to be blamed for other things, but not not Columbine. I'll (laughs) I'll give him that. No. Um, He's got he he got he got one up on this one. Um, I think we I mentioned it on Monsters. There is an amazing book. I am looking at it right now by Dave Cullen. Um, and he everything that you think you know about Columbine. He basically puts to rest. It's a yeah, lot of yeah. bullshit. These people are not the people that they have been portrayed to be. Mm. They are just fucking assholes yeah. who were asked they, they for being an They weren't bullied sick. people. They, they weren't were like not... sort of victims fighting back or anything like that. No. They were just fucking dickheads who didn't know how to make a pipe bomb properly, which, you know, isn't really yep. a crime in itself, but mm-hmm. I'm glad they that fucked. <laughs> me, too. Me, me too. But that book is absolutely amazing. If you want to have everything dispelled on all the bullshit that you've heard about Columbine, Dave Cullen does it absolutely amazing in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it did make things difficult 
when the likes of you trying to express yourself through a movie that you've seen and then they go and do something like that. I'm, I'm yes. sorry, we're, we're having to get a serious moment and the chat's just going, Donna shot GR. That just, sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I'm just catching up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, guys, we're having just... a minute here. <laughs> I, 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 have to, I have to say, like, I could have, I would have loved to have rocked the... Um, the the Brandon Lee look when I was a kid, but I had proper sort of body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. Where like I literally I was skinny enough to do it, and I did have the long hair, but I thought I was too fat, and that's literally oh. the idea of the lovely teenage and twenties. Uh, oh, me. I've <laughs> seen photos of you when you were younger. Uh, you, you were a beautiful man. You were still a beautiful man. You still are a beautiful <laughs> man, but you did have magnificent hair. <laughs> it's crazy. I found a picture the other day where it's literally like down past my nipples, and I'm just oh. like going, "That was way and longer people than are gonna I remember." Be, hopefully, people are not too confused because the episode of Monsters that's going up tomorrow, my hair is like all the way down here. It's like so long, <laughs> and I've just gone and cut it all off. Oh, yeah. oh this my isn't god, how time, time works. <laughs> yes. Um, one character we haven't touched on, and I want to talk about just because after watching it yesterday, I realised how fucking amazing he is in this movie. He doesn't. Mm. He's uh, the pawnbroker Gideon, like Gideon. how fucking sinister what do you mean, and evil Super oh Mario. Oh, but he's God, so fucking him? good in it, though. It's just like he, he is just a New York dickhead. You, you could expect like anyone acting the way he was, but yeah. just a, how me. how he I, I, interacts. I actually with... hate him, and that's perfect because mm -hmm. you're meant to. Yeah, he's yeah. just what a fucking dickhead out of mm. everyone even top dollar who is like a fucking vicious bastard <laughs> isn't as hate yeah i don't hate him as much as gideon because mm. gideon's literally just he respects nobody he's shit to everyone he meets he's even giving lip to a, like the crime but the crime boss of the city mm -hmm. and obviously gets stabbed through the throat for it oh my yeah. <laughs> But and, and obviously it's like his go-to line is shit on me. <laughs> well, shit on me. I didn't realize fuck? who the this is how great it how great he looked in that movie because I've just seen a picture of him now and holy shit, I did not know that was him. Mm -hmm. It's um John Paul Polito. Mm -hmm. Um he's, he's been, been in he's been in the Big Lebowski, the Rocketeer. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. he was and he's, he's died. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. did, Donna, did Donna kill him as well? So we can put that 2016, out. He, he, 2016, another one who died. In, he is part of the 2016 club. Right. Is there some yeah. kind of cut? Is there some kind of like, hold on. Can it's you not remember 2016? Can you not I, remember I don't 2016? Talk about 2016. Two, two big people in my life died that year. Right. Oh Famous my people. God. Famous I, I people. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. I thought Famous, we were hitting a nerve there. I was like, no, yeah. two people who went a lot to me in the world of fame mm -hmm. went that year. It was then... a big. It was a big year. I'm, I, I don't talk about that. It was a big year for celebrity deaths, and he was mm -hmm. part of them. He was also gay as well. There you go. Mm. I didn't know that. Didn't know that either. Graham, I just learned a lot about this man in the last few seconds. <laughs> Graham, would you? Um... <laughs> Graham, the picture I'm looking at him right now. He's looking. He, he, is that all right? Well, hold on. Well, when I when I've closed the Discord, I'll have a look. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you finish with the Lee, um, that's it. When I'm bored of it. But... So, so regarding, like, say, because the rumors are they always keep, keep saying they're going to make a new one or a follow up. I know we've talked about don't remake the Crow like story for story because um, from reading the graphic novel from James O'Barr, was it James James Barr? Yeah. James O'Barr was it? James O'Barr. Um, 
the story from that, like the short run that they did initially, is basically the Crow movie in 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 essence. Yeah. How would you like? Would you like doing a modern tale now? As you said, how would you just go about doing it? What would you like? What would the idea be? Would it be Ooh. in the world of the Crow, or in that world, just a different vengeance, or um? Telling a completely new, different story in a different world, different country, different thing. Like having a Scottish crow, that'd be quite interesting. A Highlander <laughs> coming an back. Irish one. <laughs> an mm-hmm. Irish one. An Irish one. That'd, that'd be hilarious. Um, I like the idea of um still staying within the... Where, where was it actually located? Did it have a name? No, I no? think it's just a made-up city. I think just it's like a... Gotham. Uh, well, we'll we'll call it Gotham for now. Mm. But I do like the idea of staying in Gotham, um, and it being like a, a myth, like a legend, like yeah. something, like something mm. like it, it didn't, it, it didn't happen, it couldn't happen. But then it does fucking happen, um, but not on the same basis of you know landlords coming in. It's just something more up to date that would kind of like piss someone off. <laughs> I'm gonna talk my I, ultimate I you... fantasy here, and that's gonna sound kinky, but it's not. This would be my <laughs> ultimate. Well, I think, I would think it would work, but I think it would be like, just because we've just gotten the House of Usher, the Fall of House of Usher, a Mike Flanagan take six six to eight episode part episode series on the Crow. Like just you know, let Mike Flanagan do everything. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but to see how dark I and think... how like them characters, because he knows he yeah. uses the same. Have a little Elliot from ET being the Crow. No, not, probably someone different. But yeah, sorry. Um. But no, having... but the the guy who the guy from Midnight Mass, mm-hmm. the um the, the main guy, no, not the vicar. Oh, seriously, thought that vicar was um him from Sinister. I thought, <laughs> I genuinely really? thought, yeah, I was waiting for him to come on. And I'm like, where is he? I love this guy. He was yeah. in it part two. And, oh, that's that's not him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and text Dan and went, where is he? And she's like, he's not in it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, no, the guy who plays um. Henry Thomas's son. Right. No, I get that. Yes. Mm. Quite edgy, isn't he? So bit short, do... though. A bit short. Yeah, he is quite short. But I, mm. I don't know. Did did Edward because Fur... Edward Furlong's really short. Yeah, but um, I didn't really... he didn't really pull it off, did he? <laughs> yeah. I think it's got to be an imposing figure. Like I say, like it has then to be the lean. The... Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, hang on. Could we not do a female? Yeah, I would love there, that. There was a I female. Would... Yeah. I think that would be good. Like I, I think the idea. I, I love your idea, Sammy. Of if we said in the same city and had it saying a couple of years later a similar incident happens, but that it kind of goes over how much of a legend this thing is. Because one thing, my one criticism I'd give to the film is how vague the ending is for how it'll continue. Because effectively, what we get is we basically get. Ernie Hudson gets no justice whatsoever. He doesn't. He we doesn't. don't see him get re-promoted. We just. We don't even know if he dies in hospital. Effectively, we just see him sort of shot and wheeled off, and then joking with uh, his bastard uh, uh, chief inspector. Oh look, uh, you know it. I sorted it. But what he I thought you were going to say, Sarah, there, bastard Sarah, bastard Sarah, <laughs> fuck off. Let me die in peace, bitch. Get your skateboard. Get your skateboard. Get your skateboard and fuck off. <laughs> but it's the idea of like what he says to the chief inspector is your vigilante is up on the roof, mm-hmm. leading the whole police force to go top dollar mm-hmm. is the vigilante mm-hmm. who's been killing T Bird and Skank and everything. So what 
this, so we never even find out about Eric Draven, essentially. So I like the idea of that being a rumor in the city that comes out later, but also like what effect it has. Like, do we have it where like 10 years down the line, is Devil's Night not a thing anymore because all mm. the people are very dead now that we're doing yeah. it? Or is it, has Devil's Night become a happy thing now? As like a something celebration changes? type thing, where they celebrate the growth. There could be so much you could do. With well, that's it. it. The, the celebrating something that could be potentially real or potentially myth. Mm. Like it's kind of like an urban legend, mm -hmm. and they're just having this like celebration for it. But, Can we just quickly talk about the ending of this movie and how mm. he and how Top Dollar gets to die? Yeah, because that is fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I think I think it's great. Like it's, but but this is what I mean about the exposition. The film sets everything up. Nothing happens for no reason in this film, mm -hmm. and uh -huh. it's it's wonderful. Where it's basically like, uh, you know, like obviously, like only uh, Officer Albrecht basically says, "Oh yeah, I stayed with your dying uh, fiance because I I wanted to see if she had any leads or whatever, you know, and I was hoping she woke up out of the coma before she died." Uh, but you know that it's because he's just a genuinely nice good guy. person. Yeah. Genuinely yeah. cared whether she lived or died. Yeah, like in this city, he is the only, like literally the only other people we see in this city are shitheads. Like even yeah. the guy who owns the hot dog stand, like what? what's his line where he's like, hmm, I think there's going to be, a, what this city needs is a national, uh, uh, what is it? A natural and, disaster. Yeah, and you're a like, natural right, disaster. Yeah. Natural disaster. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how I feel about sort of Tory Britain. However, <laughs> you know, we 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 we've already had the pandemic, so do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, we ain't right, getting out of shit. Yeah. I'm still sweating over that. So fuck now. Yeah, we ain't <laughs> getting out of shit. But, but it, I love. But yeah, I but love... that's the thing. It's the idea of she. You know, like he is a genuinely good person. Yeah. who did that good deed, and yet it manages to save Eric. <laughs> yeah it's the pain it's what he gives him yeah. where he gives him the pain the fear the suffering and he hands it all to him and like, the, it's like uh, a release uh, it's like a release for, a for release me. from him and mm. the and the given to in the other guy and how he how he acts that with just like the facial inspections in here are amazing mind mm. how much they act with their face is this should be an acting class because you can see the torment as he's got his hands on his face and he's transferring all of this emotion yeah. into him. Mm -hmm. And then he gets off the floor off the fucking roof. So he has that fucking time between having all of it poured into him to then hitting the ground to have it in there. I mm -hmm. love it. I love it, the ending of this movie. It's also the idea of this is something that I joke about. Fuck the Tories. And so, well, no, obviously I'm quite serious about that, but I mention it a lot. But it's that that is very much what happens here, where we're yeah. talking about how Top Dollar is so far away from the actual reality of what yes. he's doing. He is a massive crime lord. He doesn't fucking know the people that he got killed. He doesn't no. know the fucking random people who got who, you know, got killed because like he wanted rent or whatever. And it's like Tory Britain, where you just want to sit down with like someone in Parliament and be like, "Hey, this is the fucking reality of how people are living." So yeah. effectively, what Top Dollar gets is he gets kind of, "Hey, here is one scenario and all of the pain that you caused of one but, scenario yeah, of one person, and it's enough to fucking like you know kill him effectively." But he does. Yeah. Be, it, I think it, there's something wonderfully poetic about that. Yeah, oh, it, it, and he does make this the comment as well, like he says um, when he, when Top Dollar's doing his big big bad end of end of level speech and saying, yeah. he, he's like telling them all this like you meant nothing to us." He said, "But you did make me smile for a moment." It's yeah. like you fucking conniving to what? Yeah. 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 He's he's 
awful, awful human being, but played by an amazing actor who, oh, when I watch when I watch Nope, I nearly yeah. cried <laughs> that he was on my telly oh. because I just I I always think to myself when I see him, you do not see him enough. Well, isn't he in he, uh, Robin Hood as well? Um, yeah, he's the second. Yeah. He's, he's, I was gonna say he's the second best thing in in Prince of Thieves because, like, say, Sheridan Nottingham always played, but the guy of Gisborne yeah. is played very well. <laughs> it's his cousin. It's so good. Yes. He's the one who's going to get his heart cut out by a, a spoon. spoon. Why a spoon? Because <laughs> it'll hurt more, you idiot. <laughs> there is some absolute corking, corking quotation lines in this movie. Um, oh, fire it up, obviously, being one of them. Yeah. Um, shit on me. Come on. Um, that's a big fucking crow. <laughs> yeah, that's a big fucking crow. Oh, we'll give Sarah the famous I mean, I... line. Give it, go on, say yeah. it, Sarah. Well, no, I was going to say my... Um... My favourite's actually the one that uh, that Eric says to Dala mm-hmm. when he's um, getting the drugs out of our system. Oh, yeah. Um, um, mother is the word for God on the lips and hearts of all children. Yeah. Like, fuck off, Eric, man. Like, <laughs> that's just like you're getting drugs out of our system and then well, giving up poetry at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just like, could you be more God? Could you be, like, <laughs> that's it that's the so here's some poetry i've written i don't <laughs> think it's very good but you know but, anyway i mean yeah uh, yeah there's all there's always the uh the, the famous the famous can't rain all the time as well yeah which, um i was actually um la- last year which in britain is technically untrue <laughs> yeah it is very untrue yes but um, yeah. last year, the the lady who actually sings that song was playing in Durham, and I was mm-hmm. gutted that I couldn't go and see her. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jane no, Sibbery. I didn't realize. Yeah, I she didn't played... realize it was an actual thing. Yeah, she she actually um did a, a gig in Durham last year, and I really wanted to go. Oh no, just, I, I couldn't make it. Bless her though. Imagine that though, if like she's got a whole career and she does gigs and people just sing, sing the song from the crew. <laughs> <laughs> but I have other numbers. We yeah. want to hear the song. I mean, hold on. Can her I go... song doesn't her version of it doesn't actually appear till the credits though. So right. Oh, yeah. is that her? That's her singing uh, as the credits go. Mm. Um. The other one is, don't move. I said freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm the police and I say, don't move, Snow White. You move, you're dead. And I say, I'm say dead. I'm dead. And I move. I mean, we seem Thank to be dancing you. around the best quote of the entire film, which is, quick impression for you. Call, call, bang, fuck, I'm dead. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of like the yes. best villain lines yeah. ever in anything. And obviously, and uh, although we also get, uh, I like the pretty lights, but... Uh, Gets said by uh, Micah and is possibly the most quoted line from a film with me and my mates that isn't from a Hellraiser. Uh, you know, <laughs> I do like that. I like or, pretty lines. <laughs> fun boy, don't you ever fucking die? Yeah. Um, yeah. Victims, aren't we, aren't all? we all? I fucking <laughs> love that line. The, um... That's it. I, my actual, Jesus my Christ actual... walks into a bar and hands the innkeeper three nails and says, "Can you put me up for the night?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. To be fair, though, I think the my favourite and most poignant line is fucking T-Bird when he's getting, like, uh, stitched up in the car, mm-hmm. where he's literally talking about, hey, we killed you dead, there ain't no coming, coming back. back. You there can't come back. That, that hits yeah. me every time, yeah. just the, how well acted it is, where this guy just goes... Oh Jesus! It's the Christ. quiver in his voice. His he voice is back breaks from the dead, and it's yeah. and it's just perfect. It's yeah. so good. 
Yeah, the voice breaks and it, like say when he's that, that guy who plays David, it, you could see in his eyes so because his eyes is just white. Like thing, I know he's got duct tape around his forehead and stuff like that. But and, just... and it's also the fact of they don't know who he is. None mm. of these people, like T, the, there's the whole thing with Tintin at the beginning, mm. the first person that he goes for, who genuinely, even after Eric has told him, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you sort of, you know, you raped and killed my uh, wife and killed me. Uh, and Tintin's still like, oh yeah, yeah, of course I know what fucking bitch you're talking about. Because he doesn't. Mm. And, and isn't the idea that T Bird here actually goes, Oh fuck! I do Does remember. He starts quoting the yeah. He starts quoting the same verse he said at the, the time. Mm. And it, and it's that idea of that that's that's akin to Top Dollar mm-hmm. getting you know the, the seeing what it's like from uh, his victim's point of view. It's like Tebow being like, oh shit, I am to- I'm fully responsible for the situation I find myself in right now. The, fact the devil stood and felt how awful goodness is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> the idea of, like, what is it? A, a bast the what is it? A uh a bast the devil stood? It just it's a very weird uh word to say, you know. Oh, I I do like the fact that um Tintin where he's just he has some yeah, some bitch, some dude, whatever. Like yes. he doesn't give two fucks. Yeah. My he Anna. doesn't Oh, mañana. Halloween is not until mañana. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, the poor thing is, Tintin dies way too early in the film and mm-hmm. he's fantastically done. Oh, you know, like that. his scenes oh, are gems. Amazing. But I, think I would the, like to have seen think, more of them, but I yeah. would like to have seen more of all of like the mm. three of them. I think I would like to just have it just a bit drawn out, just a little bit. Yeah. But mm. it would have been wrong. I ain't arguing over what we got. I think that's yeah. why a TV show would work better with like, did you not watch the Mark DeCascos one the which one there was the TV show oh Oh, my god that's the thing that I I did actually try and watch because I'd never seen it so I did try and watch it after my devil's night watching of the movie and um, I mean I absolutely love Mark DeCascos um but unfortunately, I couldn't get to. I couldn't get through the third episode. Sure. <laughs> um, he kind of looks like him. Yeah, mm. yeah, he, he did actually <laughs> kind of look like him in the in the show. The first episode is basically just a, a remake of the movie. Right. Stairway to heaven. <laughs> it's a, a, um, it's a remake of the movie, and um, oh, I just couldn't. I, it's I, the stairway, stairway to heaven. Mm. No stairway denied. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's. I, I, I couldn't get problem, through it. The, the problem is that they've tried to recapture the magic of yeah. this film, yeah. and they have failed. Like it's, yeah. I, I totally disagree with you, uh, Sammy. That I think City of Angels is a big pile of wank. <laughs> I <laughs> fucking from, love it. The actual film itself, the fact they get Iggy Pop in, and yes. Mm, Mm, that is a scene where it's Iggy Pop basically just stumbling around a warehouse. And you're like, Dude, I've it? seen Iggy Pop. I've seen Iggy Pop live. Yeah, that's, that's all he did on stage too. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> I've seen Iggy Pop's penis live. Well, me, me, yeah. and, you know, oh. is, that, is that why you've got twins <laughs> now, Sarah? <laughs> that, that, <is> also, <laughs> that was also on a big stage. Oh wow! Oh god, I really didn't want to see that. It's, it's the idea of like. To be fair, he does actually have. He's one of those celebrities that asked for a cameo in Star Trek, so he is in Star Trek DS Nine as one of the monsters, he is, which is hilarious. He? Yes. 
Because he's yes, actually really that. good because he's so distinct. And you're like, who the fuck is this actor? Oh, it's Iggy Pop. Okay, forgive me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, like, uh... I've, got the, I've got the cast in, in front of us for City of Angels and Vincent Perez, fucking love him. Um, if you are a big fan of Queen of the Damned, he is in that. I can't remember what he's called in it, but I will find out. Remember Thoi uh, Tran? Yeah, Kai Tran's in it. Um, Mia, Kush- Mia Kushner's in it. Richard Brooks and Vincent Castellanos is in it. It's a really good cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it, but it's probably for my love of Vincent Perez. I, I, I just think that the, whoever made the decision to just be like, okay, guys, listen, okay, it's going to be The Crow, but everything is going to be pissy yellow. Okay, so, <laughs> the you know, same year color, why? Like, <laughs> someone pissed on the camera. You yeah. know, like, oh, I hear like... that you are so right. Yeah, the no, same year color. And I, could, I could never what? get my head around that either. Who who goes kind of like, we need something that's goth. What's a goth color? Uh, yellow. Yellow? Yeah, like it's... it's like the Zack Snyder Man of Steel. It's like, oh, we've got the brightest, mm. colorfulest uh, outfit yeah. for a superhero. Let's make it dull and dot boring. It is. It just, <laughs> and it's how badly, you know, it's very weird. Like, also, Goodwill in the chat. Iggy Pop is not the best voter next to Jeffrey Combs. The female one. I prefer the female one. Jeffrey Combs, then the female one, then Iggy Pop. There we go. Yes. Well, um, I, we're Perez. not even on tracking, and I'm arguing. With Goodwill. <laughs> Good, well, Goodwill. Uh, Vincent <laughs> Perez played Marius in Queen of the Damned. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Who kept going. Hello, David. Wait, he's got, he's the one who gets killed with a scythe, mm. isn't he? Mm. I think. So no, that's interview with the vampire. I I knew that. Not many people. Not many. people can remember oh, Queen of the Damned. It, it doesn't have memorable stuff. Just a, a memorable it song. Missing <laughs> it was missing that's half the story. Yes, I think the problem with Queen of the Damned is that I remember when the book came out and someone told me sort of like the blurb from it, and I was like, "This sounds terrible." It's like the staff <laughs> is back and he's a rock star, and you're like. Oh, is she is she bored now? Yes. You know? <laughs> no, no, she's she's needs more money. That's all she needed. Uh, but yes. Yeah. So I know we've talked about like say uh, the remakes, the sequels, uh, the TV show. Do you think again that the movie The Crow was just a one one time thing? Perfect cast, perfect story, uh, filmed the right way. Like everything kind of hit the like magic in a bottle. Very yeah. hard to replicate the same thing without trying to do it as a scene by scene remake because they're never going to get anyone because it's always going to be compared. Like, if you do a remake, like, oh, he's not good as Manson as Fun Boy, T Bird's not quite right, uh, yeah. Tintin's not as sinister, um, and them all always got to be the elements. So, this is kind of like a one in a lifetime type movie in my eyes okay. with like I having agree. the conversation. Because I know yeah. we've had discussions previously about other films, like if you were going to do sequels or if you're going to do uh, runoffs. I know doing a TV show, that's the only thing I'd way it work, but I can't see them getting it anywhere to this level or having the same type of impact. It would be Crow Light or a, a Crow Universe, but it wouldn't ever like stand up because. For me, even though this has got sequels, it's a standalone movie that lives yeah. by itself. Yeah, I I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I want this just to be his legacy. That's mm-hmm. it. That let leave it be. Let it be. Let it be his. Let it be ours as well. From yeah. 
our youth to stop trying to replicate it. If you are, I don't get us wrong. I'm not one of these people who's getting angry over the fact that we we are potentially having a new Crow movie. I just don't want to see this done again. Yeah. No. Do something else. Yeah. Stop something remaking different. this. Yeah. Change I, the story. I think, like it's, you it's, said the... earlier, that there is a female Crow in in the novels and in the in yeah. the comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go with that for a change. I, yeah, have I think... two, have two of them, have well, a male is, and yeah. female dual whack. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is the thing though. It's the fact of it's like that's what's so frustrating. It's so fucking easy. Like it literally, you have all of the building blocks to make mm-hmm. this. But I feel like it is. I feel like you know. I think this is magic. Uh, what is it? Uh, magic in a bottle or whatever. Mm. Lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. I don't. I personally go. You can't recapture this because it's so nineties. It was so part of that particular thing. Mm-hmm. However, we have. You know, we have seen it with Blade Runner, mm-hmm. where it was the fact of they did by going, "Hey, there's so many massive fans of this. How about we just do a really fucking true like." Mm-hmm. follow on to Blade Runner and we only get people involved who are really serious about this and mm-hmm. we make it so it's not focused on money and mostly people were like well done mm-hmm. okay well done for a follow up and so it can kind of be done but it's the idea of we have a Hollywood that doesn't work that way we have a Hollywood mm-hmm. being like oh h- how can we make money from it mm-hmm. and that's yes. the problem how, how many sequels can we get, get from this now type exactly thing. Yeah. they would be thinking about a franchise they would be wanting mm-hmm. the fucking you know fucking episode uh, what is it seven eight and nine you know mm-hmm. like... the thing is though if so if Brandon Lee lived mm-hmm. you know let's live in a world where Brandon Lee actually survived this would we have had more stories of Eric Draven or would, because I know the comic, I know the graphic novels are one and done, mm. but could we have continued the story with him under something different, something else that's... It would have tarnished back? it if they'd done that, mm-hmm. like if we because Eric's sole purpose was because of the relationship with Shelley. It's just that. Unless yeah. they go back and say if Shelley was abused as a kid and he goes back and tries to take on the childhood abusers, but it's, but maybe but Graham's I, I right can't... though. But but I like what Graham said earlier with the fact that yes, he was doing it for revenge for Shelley, but there was also the bigger picture of the city as well and everyone mm-hmm. else it was affecting. Could that not have been like another driving force? Is yes, you know, Shelley's laid to rest. That side's done, but there's still work to be done. I got yeah. rid of one. It's like Hydra when one head falls, another one grows. Mm. It, it, this mm. this this crime world's not just going to stop, and everything's going to be light and fluffy because top dollar's gone. There will be somebody mm. else to take that place. Yeah, there's a power vacuum left at the end of this film, mm-hmm. and obviously the police force aren't really very good you know like... no they're pretty shit in this city let's be honest i mean they need like commissioner gordon or something to like come and take over and take and let's just make it a batman film hey <laughs> and the one thing we I haven't mean, talked it... about as well and again i can't believe i <laughs> and i threw us the other night how fucking strong was the crow's beak because it was chipping away at that fucking tombstone <laughs> yeah. like say with like it was cheese i was like what the fuck yeah. is that is it it's a raven? It's a raven. <laughs> I, I just love the idea that the crow is just there, being like, "Wake up, you cunt! <laughs> it's time to get up. <laughs> Do your job." Oh, I've got to set my crow alarm. But, uh, but, to be fair, though, actually, my my big thing that I get a bit annoyed at, and obviously, this is as you get older and you start realizing that things are expensive. How the fuck? Okay, did they afford graves? Like they actually have graves and headstones for both Shelley and Eric. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, Who so did America's that? America's I'm... very different to us. <laughs> so if we can't afford things we just can't afford things but in america yeah. there is people who they you can get stuff done cheaply basically yeah you can't hear so so it, so it was so it was a cheese made grave that's why the crew was able to destroy it yeah but no i totally agree with you like how the fuck like they are some fancy pants say engravings in there I, I kind of I kind of assumed that maybe Officer Albrecht paid for them. Hmm. You know, I, I think would maybe love to think that and it's not mentioned, and yeah. I kind of like the idea in my head that he was the one who paid for them. However, uh, it's also the idea of why is Eric buried in jeans and a t-shirt, and why is the t-shirt ripped at the back? Why is all of his outfits ripped? He at looks the back like he the got. Movie? But do you not think he looks like he's basically just being dumped in there as he was on the night it happened? Is that not daft, part of though, how the, he just um... go? Oh, we just found him on the ground, so we stuck him in a coffin. Get him in there. Spend a while getting this tombstone perfect, and you're like, hang on, you know. But get him in that coffin right now, just as he looks. Right, dump him. That's it. Go on in. You go. It's one of those yeah. things. Movie magic. I mean, yeah. I, I, I would like magic. to put a forward something for the affording of the grave. What about his shares from the band that he was in? Oh, the bandmates, the yeah. bandmates, the bandmates band band never band, mentioned. That's yeah. it. It could the, be the, the band had records out because but, Sarah oh, played no, one of their vinyls. But that's I love the I love the fact that it could be um, Ernie Hudson's character who did it because I, he is the type of person who wouldn't take credit for it, no. so he yeah. wouldn't bring it up. Well, I, I kind of like think the he idea at least that organized it's it. I would like to think that he at least organized everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the fact of you know you have it where he's going through a divorce with his wife, and you kind of get the impression that maybe his wife is just like, "Will you stop spending our money <laughs> on these <laughs> graves? Will you stop buying fucking gravestones?" And he's just like, "Oh, just one more." Or he's, he's just trying to get rid eBay, of these money so she can't get it. These yeah. teenagers. They keep dying. <laughs> they keep dying when I'm trying to help them. I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm, uh, here we are. Yes. <laughs> you know what would be quite an interesting take? Because as you said, you don't know what kind of world they live in. Imagine if this was a crossover between, like, say, The Crow and the movie Seven. They're in the same universe. Well, oh. Michael Massey was doing Seven at the yeah. same time. Yeah. I like the idea of it being the same city. I think yeah. it's this idea of, you know, but the, the problem is that would suggest that there were competent cops in that city. It's some, somewhere. It's somewhere. And it, that's yeah. not the case. Who actually directed the crime? I've never really looked at uh, Oh, that. this is the crazy thing, okay? It's Alex Proyas uh, uh -huh. who did Dark City. Yes. Oh, you really? can tell very much so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I really need to watch Dark City, but it's not on anything. I'm going to have to actually pay on Amazon to just buy it. You're like, going to have to what? I, I know. <laughs> I will have to purchase my things. If you've got a fire stick, Graham, I'll help you out. Don't worry. Well, no, I'm, I'm furious. The fact of I pay oh, for wow. Disney, I pay for Disney Plus, I pay for Amazon, I pay for Paramount Plus, I pay for Netflix, I pay for Disney Plus. You pay for Paramount? I may mention that. Yeah, all of them mm. that I pay for monthly. And then I still can't find any films I want. The Crow, I had to actually pay Amazon for. And Dark City, I had to pay Amazon for. And I'm like, why am I paying for all these? I know this is going to go off, off anything I want on. Going off on tangents here, just because you mentioned Power. How good is the new Frasier? I'm really enjoying it. Sorry, I haven't watched any of it. I was basically the problem is I saw an advert on Facebook, like one of the like shitty hmm. yeah, short things, and I watched it and I was like, "Ooh, that's not very good." Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was just like, "Oh well, I'll give it the time of day. I'll check it out." And then search for Frasier on Amazon because for some reason it isn't on the front page. Uh, and then it came up with the original series, and I was like, 
Okay, <laughs> you don't need to throw up in my mouth twice. So I started watching <laughs> the original Frasier, and I'm now like 16. This is when I was ill the other weekend. Mm. I literally spent a whole weekend not doing any work at all, painting Warhammer and watching Frasier. And I'm Amazing. About 17 episodes in. I'm fucking pleased <laughs> you did. I saw a clip of it on TikTok today, and Lilith throwing a funny was just literally mm. had me belly laughing over Nicholas Lynnhurst dressed in a white suit. Oh, God. And they're all taking the piss out of him, saying they. All these different movies, and Lilith goes, Stop it, stop it. You don't need to do this. Now tell me, how would you like to welcome me to Jurassic Park? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. But uh, but yeah, get past the first episode of Frigid. It, it, it's a rough watch, but after that, it, it has been, it feels very much back in the old. Like, Finds its feet. Good. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Crow. Sorry, so... tangents, tangents, tangents. <laughs> yes. um, so, The Crow. What would you rate it out of, if you? Because we're not going to give it out of ten. If you're going to give oh. it out of five, uh, like out of five oh, ratings. How many? How many crows out of five? Oh, out, out how crows. many crows out of five? How many crows are in the murder? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I love the idea where, like, that photo where it's like three crows and it says attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, what are you going to give it out of five? Oh well, I'm going to give it the full murder. You're going to give it the full murder, are you? Well, no Graham is, because as Graham's always put it, it's a perfect... Yeah, like, I'm, like, going, I'm going for a when, when too, I so. When I can only find problems with the editing, mm-hmm. as, and mm. maybe Sarah's acting in places, wow. Yeah. Like, it's just that yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. same. I, there's very yeah. few perfect movies. And again, this might be nostalgia playing. I think there's like the original Halloween, Jaws, and I think this is up there. And I would say no, this... I up, totally mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. It, it should have been in the 80s movie. That's the only thing. <laughs> it was pure nineties. Lose against the Goonies, Paul. It, it fits the time, though. It fits, yeah. it really does. Yeah. It fits the time with music. It fits the time of, especially our generation as well, and where we were. It just it came out at the right time, just for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I needed this. This and the, this and the craft just clung on tight. Yeah. I think after watching this, you realised that comic book movies didn't have to be all fluffy and light. Fucking yeah. right, you are totally one hundred percent right. Yeah. Me and Anne were talking about this today. To think this is actually a comic book movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I just have that say, Marvel. <laughs> I just want to say two two things about this movie, which is obviously how lovely I find um, the the scene with uh, Sarah and her mum Darla mm. after oh, you know after it. basically Eric basically cures her addiction, uses his powers to sort of get the drugs out of her system and hopefully get her through withdrawal. So that That's what actually, I was thinking. Hopefully you got her through back. the withdrawal because that's, well, that's really shitty okay. if you left her like that. Yeah, she seems okay though, but it's the fact that then she's like, I'm going to try and be a mum mm-hmm. and... That's and it's a wonderful little epilogue for them. But it's something so simple as breakfast. And it's yeah. when Sarah calls her mum. That's what I think. Yeah. That's, that was a nice little touch as well because... You won't have seen it yet, obviously, Sarah, but the the Trek podcast we had on Friday where it points out the importance of single words in sentences where yeah. we have when Hugh in Star Trek basically uses I and it's a massive deal. It's in this one where uh, Sarah finally calls Dala mom. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, that is a little, just a single word, but it has a little wonderful punch in it. Yeah, uh, Such a massive thing, want... impact. Yeah. Yeah. One thing is, Lee mentioned earlier on in the chat that made me giggle while one of you was talking, so it was quite rude. But uh, it was talking about the idea of what if the crow just really liked Eric's music. 
and brought him back to life to play music and was like, oh God, now you start killing people. I didn't mean oh, for this to happen. <laughs> like, no, God, look, people are dead now. But but I, I do quite like the though that when Eric's playing the guitar, like on the roof, it keeps cutting to massive extreme close-ups of the crow. Just being like, what the fuck is <laughs> we've not actually talked about the crow power as well though like um i know it sounds weird the crow power because he's basically got the power of the crow like the, if the crow if the crow, the of a thousand like, like if the crow, if the crow <laughs> as long as the crow's alive he can't die type thing which is quite yeah. interesting yeah. to take um I quite like the idea that sort of, uh, you know, Top Dollar and Micah basically sort of, because she's obviously massively mystic, mystically inclined. We'll call her Mystic and Meg, show her. That she's Mystic, mystic Meg. <laughs> mystic Micah and her <laughs> wonderful incest. I mean, hold on, actually, while we're here, because they're half brother and sister, is it incest? Is Sorry, it like half, half incest? Half incest. Yeah, is it like an incest or something? Like, you know, yeah. is it doesn't count if it's up the bum. <laughs> but um but no but it's like the fact that they work it out and i love the idea that it adds this level where the villains because this is the thing though the crow mythology is like it's a pretty easy way to defeat them where it's literally if you hurt the crow itself then basically the person loses their regenerative regenerative their healing ability. I can't, I can't do it. Regenerative powers. Yeah. Yeah, you go. You did it. It means he gets <laughs> shot and it heals instantly. Yeah, the crow's just like, no, fuck you. Rooms. I'm healing myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've had enough. That boardroom scene took a lot out of us. You can go and fuck off for a minute. Yeah. I need to heal. What, what we should do, the sequel should actually be that what happens is a man brings a crow back to life. And then it's this crow <laughs> flying around, pecking everyone in the fucking face. And he's oh, just got this yes. random bloke being like, hmm. just not helping at all, just there <laughs> the in the crow's, room. And the then they realise taken... if they kill, if they punch the bloke or something, then the crow can take damage. Otherwise mm. it's invincible eye-pecking crow. I really love the fact of bringing a crow back for them to seek revenge on people who got them. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, if, if this movie... <laughs> If this movie was about ten years later, I would have had like an end end credit scene with uh, Samuel L. Jackson's turned up going to the crow. We've, <gasps> we've got an, got got a plan for you, sir. <laughs> but it's the crow the talking to. So the crow, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> because now because I like I say we were talking to Lee about it and he was like oh like Brandon Lee's the crow I was getting no Brandon Lee's Eric Draven Eric Draven is not the crow the the film is also played the crow. So all of the cacao sounds are literally <laughs> Eric. Van Lee dressed. Eric, uh, oh, he actually like dressed up as a crow now. The big one run around second. Caca, effects in this movie, man. <laughs> I genuinely thought Lee liked this film. I thought Lee was on tonight because he he liked this film, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's. Mm -hmm. He clearly doesn't. <laughs> no, no, he did not. Like, I'll, like I'm do doing Lee a disservice, bless him. I'm like, say, gosh, I don't want to do that, Lee. Sorry, Lee. Gosh. Oh gosh. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, but yes. Uh, no, no. There's a joke of you in the Discord. You, you'll know about that. We are mocking him earlier, and Lee to defend him. So went, gosh, Paul's being Lee, and I was like. You just said fucking gosh, oh. who the fuck are you? <laughs> okay, I'm being in Discord today. Never but yes. mind. <laughs> but yes, but Lee does actually like the movie. I just think he doesn't get it as we did because but, I don't think Lee was a massive gossip. He was an emo, so... 
okay. Well, I, he, he was I, one of them I, filthy handbags. I, I, uh, I moved into that, but yeah. I do, I do get, I do get why because I'm the same with Gremlins. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it as a kid like what you did. Yeah. I watched it as an adult mm-hmm. and went, okay, yes, that's a thing. <laughs> But yes, I don't. I don't. People think I'm slating Lee for not liking the movie. Lee actually says he does like the movie. He just didn't love it like we did. If that makes sense. But that could be down in that. That's why I wanted to ask if if it was a nostalgia thing. But I don't think it is because fair enough. Mm. Some of the music now I don't like. That like say probably Nine Inch Nails. I'm, I'm not a big cue of the fan, but I think it suits the mu- the mood and the feeling of this movie. Mm. That's fine, Graham. I, I was ne- I was never a huge Nine Inch Nails fan growing up, but mm-hmm. as an adult, I'm like, oh my god, oh. he speaks to me. I totally get it. <laughs> I, <laughs> Where have you been? Why did I not appreciate this? And she Go did on. get it while she was listening to Closer. Yeah, I, I was fully, <laughs> fully Nine Inch Nails kid. Like I'm I, a full Nine Inch I, One of my earliest memories is my brother playing uh, Pretty Hate Machine in mm. 1989. And just how good it was and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, crazy. You man. just made no. you just made me want to get an album I have not listened to in a long fucking time. I am going to fucking download after this. I, I listen to it a lot, but it's Nanny Tales are absolutely fantastic, and mm-hmm. it's crazy that they're on the soundtrack kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's, but um, yeah, and I also love the top dollar. Pretty much dresses like Trent. In the- <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. was because that was about the time of like the perfect drug, and that wasn't it. So it was yeah. full on Trent vampire stage, mm. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they were just like, oh well, interview the vampire came out. <laughs> French went to a vampire stage. Trent, yeah. Trent, yeah. very much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look up I love the video. How Trent has the never not drug, been Sammy. Yes. Trent has ne- never not been beautiful. Where he literally he started off in the sort of emo, proto emo kind of goth kind of phase. Then he went into like sexy bdsm stage then he went into vampire stage with perfect drug and downward spiral and then he went into crazy hench like gym bunny <laughs> thing with uh what was it called year zero he went through a bit of a daddy phase after that that's it and you just well. kind of going like is there a time when i don't <laughs> want to fuck you like <laughs> but to look at his face if you took away the hair and took away the clothes, he does not look like he should be in that kind of music. He looks too pretty. <laughs> well, I did see I did see a clip on, on Facebook Reels the other day of the band he was in before he started Nine Inch Nails. And they were very, <laughs> and they were very much like um a bit more like um Stillwood. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were a bit more um oh god, what's 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 the What's the comparison I'm trying to make? Pop, a bit more along the lines of Spandau Ballet, I would say. Yeah. All right. Like... Oh, right. <laughs> the proper, like, sort of 80s synth kind of thing. But yeah. I just love it. Like, I, I just love the, the idea thing, that he, yeah, he just yeah, worked in the studio. He, he just worked in a production studio. And then with all the equipment that the studio had, he'd just stay for hours afterwards at work using all their equipment, learning how to make crazy well, stuff. Mm-hmm. And then ended he... up making Pretty Hate Machine, which is literally you know the craziest industrial kind of thing <laughs> it's one of the angriest most interesting yeah. al- albums that was made it's from been a the long 90s time industrial <laughs> metal oh. finest stomper yes. yeah. oh listen to her <laughs> and then the all, thing the, is also though... like horrendous little wonderful passionate songs and stuff like hmm. uh what is it? Something I can never have. And, yeah. The one know, that stands out to me is stuff. the one. This I think the song. I can't remember who who it is, but the song when he's putting the makeup on. It's uh, like the cure oh. burn. 
Yeah, it's just yeah. it's it's just so well it's paced. The, it, it fits the, the lovely. Cure. They got the cure in. It was like the only thing that this film is missing goth wise is Susie and the Banshees, I think. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> it was if on you just soundtrack. put that in there that yeah. But do you think with Trent be Trent doing all these um soundtracks and um scores for movies that he could do the score for the new one? Yes. Potentially, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Just, uh, just have to, to, I just think I just think <laughs> have to ask the question. I think, well, but yes, the thing is about I think the they should get Ed well. Sheeran to do it though. <laughs> oh, God. oh my Swift. God! Um, <laughs> I actually, uh, be- before we started this, I was looking up the soundtracks to each of the other movies and that, and I just don't think they've got the same effect. Mm-hmm. Um, Were I mean, the a lot of the girls on any of them. <laughs> no, that's the okay. second time the Which cheeky girls have been be brought failing. to me this weekend. <laughs> brought to but, you, Anthony. The cheeky girls. Anthony was singing it to us yesterday in the car on the way home. Were you wearing hot oh, pants no, at the time or something? <laughs> we were talking about Transylvania and you just started singing Cheeky Girls. That's how that's how we roll in the Bryce family. <laughs> we, we had it when I was on Twitch on Friday. We had people spamming like uh, all of the rewards and stuff. So we literally had Silent Hill mixed with Cheeky Girls mixed with Pink Lady mixed with like, you know, uh, what is it? Honk. Disney and whatnot. Yeah, with Honk. the Honk one. And it was just like going... This is a mess, and I brought it upon myself. <laughs> so, Sarah, what were you saying about the soundtracks there? Sorry. Oh no, I was just saying. I think you know, like it's um, the the soundtrack to the to the first one is is just kind of like a who's who of alternative and goth and rock and mm-hmm. everything like that. Um, but I don't think the rest of them kind of stood up to the to the test. I mean, they had things like. I know Hall was on a couple of them, I think, and mm. um, Juliet Lewis was on and stuff like that. But I don't. Courtney think Love would that, definitely be there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I just don't think it had the same kind of like impact. Impact. A yeah. feeling. That's the thing because it, it, it got yeah, the I mood. It matched with the movies as well. Yeah. I could. I, you could still have a good soundtrack that matches up with a movie, whilst the movie is crap. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I still, I don't think Queen of the Damned, so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, Jonathan to be Davis. Honest, you know what, on oh. that, on that, um, on that point, the Ben Affleck Daredevil, I mm-hmm. think the soundtrack to that movie was great, but the movie wasn't great. I like that movie. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually saw the, you know, the Electra movie they made. Yeah. Mm. I, I remember being like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. And then I rewatched it a couple of months ago and I was like, oh, yeah. How it feels <laughs> to be wrong. <laughs> Again, that, that was the, the film that launched Evanescence, wasn't it? Um, oh, they're wow, just yeah. celebrating their 20th anniversary yeah. on yeah, that fucking album this weekend. Because the, the Evanescence, mm-hmm. but the song for Electra, wasn't it? Or was it Dead or? What was that for Daredevil? Not sure. Well, ben, break... Affleck never, ben Affleck never wanted to do Daredevil. He just the only reason to do... he did it for is he just because it was Frank Miller. Yeah. And it was Frank Miller's yeah. story. And that's the only reason he did it because he was like, I'm never going to be Batman. So I think it was I a favorite. Well do something. I think Kevin <laughs> yeah. Smith was involved at some point as well. So it was a favorite yeah. to Kevin Smith as well. Potentially. But yeah, mm. he was like, I, I just want to do something that's got Frank Miller's name in it. I'm never going to be Batman. Mm-hmm. So let's just do Daredevil. Cool. Oh, look what happened. So, yeah, so is there anything Still that we get to be Batman? True. But, uh, <laughs> oh, fuck those films. Is there oh, anything that we've oh, missed oh, on the crow tonight? That is, because I know you have got your notes, bleshers. Oh, I'm just locked my... in my head. <laughs> I've got my two facts cool. now. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't done a lot of actual fact checking on these, but I thought they were interesting if they are true. Cool. So I'm going to say apparently for both of these. Right. Okay. So, you know the scene after Gideon's shop blows up? 
Mm-hmm. And you've got uh-huh. Eric sitting on the curb and you've got Albrecht pointing the gun at him saying, stay where you are type of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Albrecht looks over and sees some looters mm-hmm. coming out of Gideon's <gasps> shop. This is real. This is true. It's real, is it? Yes. Right, okay, Sammy knows where I'm going with it. <laughs> there is one guy with long hair carrying a TV. That's James O'Barr, the creator of the comics. Yes, right. that is true. <laughs> Amazing. So that's wow. not apparently, that's an actual. Right, Very that's nice. an actual. Good. Now, the other one was, um, just a, I just thought it was interesting. Was, yes. Um, one of the stuntmen was actually Brandon's friend, Chad Stelsky. Right. Who went on to direct all four John Wicks. All right. So if, Shut the fuck up. If if Brandon had survived, could we have possibly had Brandon as a John Wick? Fuck, that would work. Fuck, that would work. Yes, that would work. It would work. Yeah. I, I, I have considered that as I was re- as I used to read that. He wasn't Chad Stelsky at the time. I can't remember what his name was at the time. He went by something different. Um, Jeff Crowley. It was Chad. Oh. It was still Chad. But I can't remember <laughs> oh, Chad. Hey, Chad. <laughs> We've already to, to established Chad. 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 Chad's at Bellin, so he had to change his name. Oh my God, Sarah! I love that fact. Those are great. Those are great facts. I didn't know either of those. Um. I could have had a Brandon versus Keanu face-off. That would have been. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's imagine the rules that Brandon would have like Keanu would have lost out to because of Brandon Lee still being alive. Yeah. 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 It's it's a it's a shame that Holy we lost shit. Brandon Lee, but you know mm-hmm. there ain't no coming back. Uh, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, one thing that I wanted to mention, uh, which is obviously a massive thing in the '90s, was uh, role-playing games, such as obviously D and D was massive in the '70s and '80s, but in the '90s we got uh, the World of Darkness role-playing games. Where we got mm-hmm. things like the Vampire, Vampire the Masquerade, Masquerade yeah. yeah, and all of its <laughs> spin-offs and stuff. And it's kind of interesting that, like, you know, you wonder if this that influenced a lot of this because it was that whole goth explosion that happened in the 90s and whatnot yeah and i think i think one scene that i quite like that i never really appreciated until i rewatched it like recently is the fact of in the world of darkness in the idea of the there's one of the spin-offs which is the most depressing which is wraith the uh, wraith the oblivion it points out that ghosts are tied to the world by fetters so that you can only actually pass on when you've destroyed all of your fetters and then basically like the things that tie you to reality, such as like memories and things that were important to you that keep mm-hmm. you tied to the physical plane. Obviously, please, let's do an episode about Jacob's Ladder so we can talk about this a bit more. But it's the idea <sighs> of the scene where he's sitting there in the house when he meets up with uh, Sarah properly and he's burning all the old photos and he's destroying mm-hmm. all of the actual old possessions and stuff he has to do mm-hmm. with Shelley. And I like the idea that it's him getting ready to move on because obviously he does get to move on at the end but it's him destroying all of these memories that have been time capsuled in the house basically Mm -hmm. keeping them there keeping them in this world no i like that yeah i do i I love that i I always thought that was kind of like him having to like kind of not being able to see it i can't focus on i can't do this and focus on this Mm -hmm. so i need to to get rid of it yeah i i I saw it as him Making his bed effectively. Breaking going, the body. Hey, yes. The next thing I do is going to be like the end of it. So yeah. I've got to make sure that I'm totally done with mm-hmm. the mortal this coil, world. basically. Yeah. yeah, I'm done with this world. It's done with me. Once I've done this, ta-ta. I'm, I'm free. It's almost like he's freeing himself. No, I like that. And I think that's a nice way to just to end it. It's like a nice little poignant moment. So Ooh. thank you. 
for giving us a little bit of class there, Graham. After, after <laughs> Fuck the Tories. Oh, there he hey! is. There he is. <laughs> That's it. Just for that, Trekking's cancelled. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good I don't know what I'm going to do. We've got the last episode coming up on Friday, and I'm just like, what? What are Fridays? What, what <laughs> Friday? You know? How how does this happen? But yes, um. So thank you guys. So f- remember. For Friday, you've got Trekking Up North. What what is it talking about this week, Graham? Uh, we are talking about an episode of which, Trek. Which, which episode? Is, it's actually you know, it's actually quite wonderful. It's the Menagerie, which is an original series episode, which is absolutely amazing because the we have the spin-off series Strange New Worlds that we obviously did a whole uh, season on. Uh, and basically the main character of that is uh, Christopher Pike, who was the original captain of the Enterprise before uh, Captain I, Kirk. I knew that. I yeah. that's the one thing I knew. And the, the sad thing about him is basically he is in an accident that basically paralyzes him and disfigures him so that he's literally just Davros, effectively. Uh, and what happens is the Menagerie is the episode where we get to see him after that has happened. So it's basically him coming in to help with an investigation into something that happened. And we get to go, whoa. So it's a kind of wake-up call after we've been dealing with Strangey Worlds and then we do. We're, we're now going to review the menagerie, where we basically just be like, "Oh, this is what happens to that favorite character, the Anson Mount's character. This is his reality mm-hmm. in the Trek universe." And it's kind of kind of depressing, but yeah. But um, definitely, it's a great episode. You should definitely watch mm-hmm. it on Netflix or wherever you watch stuff, and then <laughs> uh, join in on the discussion on Friday. Yes. So, Sammy, you watch things, Goodwill. You know. Yes, you dirty little uh, naughty naughty Goodwill, <laughs> naughty Goodwill. But yes, um, and Sammy, what have you got coming up tomorrow? Because you you take us into the festive period. I am dragging Nerdy Up North into the festive period, if it likes it or not. We are <laughs> we are rounding down Monsters for the Year, and we're starting with Krampus. Um, I'm going to be honest, guys. We talk a bit about Krampus. We talk about a bit about everything else. This is a tangent full episode. Dan is incredibly tired, so kind. she is coming off the biggest weekend and the biggest holiday, but it is a fantastic episode. And and just to say a big congratulations to Dan. I know she's not watching, but she might watch back on your engagement. So very well done. So it was lovely seeing you on well uh, Sunday Gone and lovely seeing your ring on your finger. Yeah. <laughs> on your finger. That, yeah. she, we do talk about the engagement. And engagement is off. <laughs> yes. We, we talk about the engagement. We talk about our holiday. We talk about For the Love of Horror. We also throw in of the office as well because... <laughs> These, there is a there is there are monsters in the with, office now, is it? <laughs> but it fits in with Krampus because yeah. Todd Packer from the office is in Krampus and it all links. But I get too carried away as usual because I don't get to talk about the office very often. Um, so yes, it's a really fun episode, but we are starting to round down. This is we have one more episode after Krampus before we finish for the year. Cool, yes, and then the monsters will return the new year. So, yes, yes. and then we're back next week. What we're we doing next week. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, Please tell me. I don't know. I have no idea. Go to watch. I'll try. Yes. Oh, yes. It was. We, this is the the change around. We started. Um, because we we are going to be doing mostly reviews on TVs and films because that's what me and Sam are digging and really enjoying at the moment. And the episodes aren't five hours long. 
Hi, Sarah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Good God, Sarah. <laughs> but yes, Look at uh, the time. <laughs> so yes, uh, we are starting like going to be making a bit of a shift. So we were going to be doing the Rogues Gallery, but that's been changed that's to we're reviewing a very special Batman film. That's right. It is. Right. Is it special in air quotes? <laughs> well, it's one of Jake's favourite movies. Okay. So it's Batman no Forever. Perfect, it's Batman Forever. Perfect, it's, it's it's the Clooney episode, uh, Clooney one. Oh, so so, thank you for thank you for clearing that up. I know which one I have to watch next weekend. The, yes, <laughs> the, the nipple one. The nipple no, the one. nipple started before actually. Kilmer had nipples before. Oh um, yeah, but before Clooney, everyone but always am... seems to pick on Clooney for the nipples. And I'll say this: Clooney am... isn't the worst Batman. Like, to be fair I though, I do actually, Kilmer. I do actually think that I like Batman this one better than uh the third one yeah like, i the, the third one where you just go like mm-hmm. jim carrey like yeah. yeah it's not good i don't like i it. am so looking forward to this episode mm-hmm. i love getting together with jake talking about movies because it's so much fun i was gonna say it is slagging off poor sarah and graham now like poor them no, but yes, <laughs> I can Absolutely review Batman not. and Robin. Oh, I was going to say I have thoroughly oh, enjoyed tonight. <laughs> it's been it's been fun. I love the fact that I get to come, like we sit and talk about. Mm-hmm. There's not one person tonight who's went. Yeah, there's like this bit shit, that bit shit. We've all just fucking been on this like ride of how much we love this movie. I don't even know I'm here, so it's all good. But yeah, um, <laughs> you are definitely here. But yes, um, we've got a few good fun things coming up. I know, as I said, with the monsters, but we've got uh, a Game of Thrones episode coming uh, where Sam's got a few guests on. We've got a Princess Wanna Bride. Want to see me get angry? <laughs> we've got a, a Princess Bride episode. And I think Kelly's returning for that. Uh, we've, we're doing Return of the Nerds for the Lord of the Rings. Episode. Uh, we've got live action yeah. One Piece. We're going to be reviewing, and of course, then we've always got the end of year review where we'll be talking about the highs and lows of this year because there's been a few. And then, uh, but yes, and then we start in the new year. And Sarah, have you got anything you want to promote other than the the, the soon to be evacuating of twins <laughs> that will be popping out soon? I've got nothing else planned. <laughs> no. I, I think she's got enough to else. contend yeah. with. <laughs> well, I think looking at the the schedule, the next time Sarah's going to be on, it's going to be a while, isn't it, until January? So hopefully, January. Yes, that's when we're doing Dexter. Yes. <laughs> But yes. When's the next time I'm up here? I think I'm here in May. Um, <laughs> I think because you're the, the busiest man in drag. Um, I think I, I don't know. I think Blade Runner might be. It's it's so depressing that literally because of Drag Idol, I kind of have to be like a long time ago. February and March, oh, okay. I can't be on. <laughs> and then in you April, are going to join us for the end of year review, though. Yes. I don't know if I am. When is it? <gasps> it's normally the day. It's, it's either well. We try, we try and do, and do it, it like uh, around the first, if not like just yeah. before or just after. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk. But if I can make it, I can make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, um, because I think the first, I think the actual, um, the, the Sunday is the 31st, so that's going to be a bit difficult. So that might be a pre recorded episode, just saying. Uh, might not be live, live, but remember, we still have a quest for you, nerds. We are looking for Nick Cage DVDs for. Sliding sloop for a throne of cage. We want to make a full uh, a full seat made out of Nicholas Cage. And if you haven't watched our Nicholas Cage episode from last week, it was funny as fuck. So go and watch it now, you twats. Um, the throne of cage. But yes, uh, like I said, during the week you'll be you'll be having uh, Jake. 
Goodwill and Lee at some point twitching, no doubt. Uh, I might even jump on and twitch because people seem to enjoy watching me freak out the Fazbit. That Fazmobit. scream was so fucking funny. <laughs> no. uh, wow, I've... I loved it. Yes. Um, just so you all know, anyone who listens to us on audio, all episodes will be up on Tuesdays. Every episode Tuesdays. from Trek, Monsters, this Sunday, and Jake's new show. Is it Ramble Chat? Am I getting that right? I'm so Ramblecast. Sorry. Ramblecast. I'm so sorry, Jake. <laughs> yes, we will all be up on Tuesdays. Cool. Very much. So, yes. So, same bad time, same bad channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye.